0: This is Tony Fleece. I draw My Little Pony and Jeff Steinberg, Champion of Earth. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: See that? I said to go, and
2: you did. On it. You're always on it. Oh, no, I'm just not... I, I couldn't get into the mood to really read much of anything this week it, was, it wasn't really a block I just I wasn't in the right headspace for it so I've just been feeling a little off all week and, and I should be a little bit more with a pep in my step since there really wasn't a whole lot to do today except shovel and there isn't really much to do tomorrow except read so maybe I'll be on it for next week
1: maybe you should have switched today and tomorrow you read, yeah, sure. read today and shovel tomorrow
2: you have
0: no excuse to get a lot of reading done tomorrow if you're off again
2: I Although uh, maybe I'll get back to working on my goddamn column. Yes, there are those to uh, consider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, damn it! I had I, spe- I I specifically it. picked a book for this week, thinking that someone was going to be here with us. But Dab tells me that I screwed up. That I it's did. it's next, next, week. Week. Yeah. next
2: week. Yeah. Next week we got a fourth fourth chair. But I and however, because Vince said that, Hi. it made me wonder if. The conversation we had on Slack about it was even longer than last Friday, but I did the search. We yeah. did talk about it Friday. We know where he's going to be this weekend, so yes, we have it set for next weekend. Well I'm mm-hmm. not I'm
1: not holding it for next week. I'm I have to talk about it this week. I think that'd be
2: fine. I don't think he cares. I nope. yeah, I mean you could he'll hear it for the first time next week when you talk about it again.
0: Next week is all Beowulf and Moby Dick anyway.
2: Okay. I'm yeah. down with that. <laughs>
1: I, I'm eager to read... <laughs> what? I'm eager to read... We're ba- going to read this deck. I'm eager to read both of them, especially the Moby I Dick. I should hope so. Yes. I think the cover's gorgeous. You're correct. I'm glad you feel that way, Sir Jason. Sir Vincent. Yay. Sir Avatar.
0: <laughs> so cute, man, watching the flashes like me and, me and Holdy's like ritual now. Oh, that's Aww. good, though. He was like, dang. Since you're home from work today, can we watch The Flash? So we usually wait until Saturday because I'm like, yeah, man, let's do this. (laughs) We're all caught up.
2: (laughs) I did not watch this week. I saw, I saw it was on while I was doing other things, so I didn't get to really sit down and watch it. Um, this most recent episode, I'm looking forward to the next two episodes, but, um, before we sat down tonight, I did manage to watch Legion.
0: Nice. Yeah, right. well, since, Vince, since Vince says he has literally no plans to watch the really
1: Less well than zero. Hey everybody! It's 11 o'clock comics episode whoop, 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 whoop.
2: 459. Yes, and I'm Vince B. Yes, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Oh yeah, and I'm the
0: original
1: MC, Coke LaRock. <laughs> There's that big blind spot. I can't see the road. <laughs> Help me, David. Grab the wheel. <laughs> what the hell's hell he talking about? The original MC. Of what? Of hip-hop. Yes. Of all of hip-hop? Yes. That's the first guy?
0: Yes, DJ Cool Herc's buddy was credited, Rock is credited by most as the first ever MC.
1: Good for him. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Coke. But you're not him. You're Jason Wood in the hizzy. See, I figured I'd drop some hizzy. What him being, Mm. you know, the for the rizzy, the hip hop, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And you don't have to stumble over your words to get cheap comic books. All you have to do what. I said save that for Vince. Yay. Is Go to discount yeah. comic book service. DCBService.com. One more time for everybody who didn't hear me The first. DCBService.com where you and everybody you know can get rock bottom prices on their favorite funny books and collectibles. The new list is up. I'm doing the little chipmunk happy dance. And it is awesome from Dark Horse. Is there anybody that's not going to order this? It is a match made in heaven. Aliens. Dead Orbit. Perfect. Written, drawn by James Stoko. Truly a perfect match. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's amazing. And we've seen some of the art from the previous catalog. Oh, my God. Uh, after a horrific accident strikes a space station, an engineering officer must use all available tools, a timer, u- utility kit, and his wits duh, to survive an attack from the deadliest creature known to man. Yes. Uh, three ninety nine cover price. Your price one dollar and ninety nine cent. Now, mm-hmm. from Image, I talked a little bit about this last week. It is written by Doug Wagner, art by Daniel Hilliard and Laura Martin. It's from Image. Like I said, it's plastic. Number one of five. It's a mini series, which is great because you can you know get a nice story and not have to pay a whole lot of money. The first issue is three ninety nine. Your price. One dollar and ninety nine cents. You see a pattern here, fifty percent off. Last but surely not least, from Oni Press, this my man Ulysses Farinas. has. <laughs> they've collected the five issue miniseries called Motro, and uh, he did this with Eric Fritas and Ryan Hill. It's a nine ninety nine trade paperback. So Oni's getting on the image. Trend here with what releasing inexpensive trade paperbacks. But because you're a dcbservice.com subscriber, you are not going to pay ten dollars for this trade paperback, you are going to get it for four dollars and 99 cents. What unheard of, right? 50% off. They dcbservice.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all delivered nice and safe and sound to your very home. It is the easiest thing in the universe to do. DCBService.com. Go.
0: Go, go, go. All right.
1: Do it, do it, do it.
0: Do it, do it, do it.
1: Yes. What business do we have before we get into the drinks here? Well, before we do get into the
0: festivities, uh, we do have a little somber news this week. Uh, a a long-time uh, EOC family member, uh, which it may be uh, somewhat of an unknown name to many, although um not to us, that is our friend Greg Leclaire, passed away suddenly uh this past week uh at his work from a heart attack. Uh, he uh Greg uh, has been pretty much listening and participating in the forums from the start of the show and uh he along with guys like uh like Jason Farrell and, and Ray Wagner and stuff were some of the first guys to suggest getting into a um, uh, fantasy league for all of us. So we have had for years both uh, EOC uh, fantasy football and fantasy baseball leagues, and uh, Greg has been one of the most active uh, and best participants in that, frankly. And, in fact, every year for, I'd say, the last five years, he and I have had a side bet where, depending on how we finish respectively, we uh, we owe each other an omniboo and uh, – He's won three years in a row, so um, you know there there aren't uh, there aren't many people in the world that uh, are both passionate comic geeks and passionate fantasy sport geeks. Um, Those concentric circles don't overlap very often. Obviously, they overlap very heavily for me. So Greg was, uh, you know, I I felt very close to Greg. Talked to him all the time, Um, you know, um, online. Never had the chance to meet him in person, sadly. So uh yeah, so he passed away. He's uh I don't even think he was fifty yet, unfortunately. Um so I reached out and I did speak to uh two of his close friends and his sister and uh, you know, obviously difficult times and uh they seem to be handling it as well as humanly possible. Um and I just wanted to give everyone a little information because I know many of you did know Greg. Uh Greg um was memorialized today actually. Uh he was he was uh lived in Toronto, Ontario. And uh just, you know, the one thing I'll say, and this is actually on the Facebook group, um, already, but for those interested, and if you didn't know him and, and this is news to you, um, the family did set up donation sites at, uh, the Canadian cancer society, which is cancer.ca and the heart and stroke foundation, which is heartandstroke.com, and uh, um, where donations can be made in his memory. If you so choose, obviously no pressure there. Uh, and then, uh, talk to the boys offline about this. And so, um, I wanted to do something to, um, memorialize Greg. Uh, so, uh, in honor of the side bet that we had every year, uh, we're creating a, a new, um, EOC Greg Leclerc community award. And so the way it's going to work is, um, when we do the 11 o'clock ballots, uh, every year, there will be a new category for people to vote on and it will be for people to nominate, uh, and write a little blurb about someone within the community that they think, uh, is worth recognition for, um, you know, just being a positive influence on comics or the community. And, um, you know, David, Vince, and I will, uh, ultimately have the power to choose the winner there. Um, so, uh, but, but, you know, that will be the opportunity for y'all to nominate people and we will probably have people in mind as well. And we will choose a winner each year and, uh, announce that on the 11 o'clockers and they will get, uh, an absolute or an omnibus of their choice uh, in memory of Greg. So, uh, raising a glass to you, Greg. Let's do the drink roll call so I can sip to uh, to my, my, my friend who left us far too early.
1: Godspeed, Greg.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a reminder. You gotta sobering. You can, right? It's very sobering. Yep. Right. yep. Um, so let's not be sober. What, do you no, what are you always drinking?
1: I... I am drinking more of the Cabernet Sauvignon from last Man, week. Man, you're total wino now. I know. Seriously. You know, I I, love it. I had a lot of it last week, and I was feeling very good by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And um, comparatively, when I do that with the the beer, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I should roll to the bed when I'm done. Like I just feel <laughs> bloated and just mm-hmm. not good, and mm-hmm. I did not even have uh, – Puffy feelings the next day from the wine, so nice. I'm I'm on it, like a bonnet, yeah. Damn, Mc Mc Coke Man, or whatever you were talking about, <laughs> Coke Oh, Right. Uh, what are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking Contiki Merlot.
0: Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, from the Wine Club. It's not bad. Little, little, little juicy for me, like a little tinge of the grape juice for me. But but uh, but yeah, I mean, but but good though.
1: All right. Now, see, let me ask you a question because I have yeah. another big gallon of wine um, mm-hmm. in the garage, but all it's, it doesn't say Merlot <laughs> or Cabernet Sauvignon. It just says grape wine. Mean? It just says grape wine. Oh, then it's like Welch's. Was it Manischewitz? Um, no, but it has a a down-home label on it. Uh, not, not that it was made by um, someone who, you know, Crushes their own grapes, and it wasn't made by a person that does that. It was—it's legit. It—it it was bought in a store, but the—the the labels kind of, kind of hokey, kinda questionable. Okay. Yeah, questionable. So, do you think this is just like fermented Welsh's grape juice? Uh huh. Uh, well, we'll see. I'll bring it next week. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, Okay I'm Dev. concerned But you know So Dev what are you
2: drinking? Uh, I am uh, Great point I am on the uh, The Motto Backbone Their Cabernet Sauvignon From uh, High five California High nice. five brother Yay Smack And this is to Greg Yes Rest well
1: We'll meet up with them again someday. That's, I always think that whenever somebody we know or, or love and all of the above mm-hmm. passes, we will run into them again someday. I I hope you're right. Yeah, I am right. All right, you, you need go. you need that in life, don't you? You heard it because from Vince Otherwise, to what do you have? Right, I want to see my dad again someday. We all do, right? That's the way. Yeah. That's just uh, the way yeah. it is. All right, comics. Let's do this. Okay. What was our assignment for this week? Rumble. Right. We said that uh, we were going to get get ready, uh, erase uh, an error. We started hot and heavy on the Rumble when it came out. Read this error, as did everyone, and then we kind of let it fall by the wayside. So, in tandem, we read Rumble numbers one to fifteen, written by the great John Arcudi. Illustrated by a God Among Men, uh, who is worth far more than he's getting paid, Mister James Heron, and color art by the incomparable Dave Stewart.
2: Amazing. Yes, color art. It, it, John and James are the co-creators of the book; they deserve credit where it's due. But uh, and I've seen, I've seen Heron's work on the page, pre-color. Jason owns a page. It's. Gorgeous mm-hmm. page. I I, I I love the man's black and white work, but for this story, for this series, Dave Stewart should receive a ton of credit. It's it really is. It, it for me right now with these first fifteen issues, it's a three person book.
1: I agree, but um, Heron is canny enough to allow Stewart to shine. Because oh yes, he leaves a lot of space for the color art. Uh, yes, but I guess yes. when you're working with someone as accomplished as Dave Stewart, you uh, intuitively know, hey, this would be a nice expanse for Dave to go crazy on. I'm gonna leave it just minimal, and that's what he does. It they just it
2: works. It works really well. There are there are panels where, because James does action very well. He's he's in that he's uh, in the same kind of class. I'd put. Then you Warren Johnson in with the with the speed lines and just in your face and and you feel the movement that's happening and and when you're doing a lot of speed lines and when you're getting in everybody's face like that you're not going to spend so much time noodling around with the background you don't need to see every brick in a wall if Rathrock is running towards you so mm-hmm, right. again and this is where James and they work really well together. Yeah,
1: and I just want to add just one thing to that. For how good an illustrator is Heron, wow, that was mm-hmm. a weird sentence. For how good an illustrator Heron is, he's even better a designer because yes. I think yes. the the magic of this book, uh, the the various characters from the Isu and the Evir that that Heron has designed, all different shapes and sizes. It it's he's outdoing his his uh, verse work. Mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. I mean this because it's his and our cooties and, and uh, this is probably uh, his chance to go in whole hog which I'm not saying he didn't do on the Mignola stuff but that's Mike's baby mm-hmm. right? right this is the uh, this is his possession so I mean he's, he's going crazy on it and let's give them the rub the low down uh, such as it is there's a war or there was a war between the immortal beings known as the Evir and the wicked Isu, uh, the the time of man is coming to pass, and the Isu aren't having it. But the Evir are there to uh, pave the way for man to, to take prominence. Um, the Queen Zolantha of the Isu is a despicable bitch. Um, she call, she calls for a truce, and um, it was a trick uh when mm-hmm. when Rathrak got to the isu um, stronghold uh he did not bring his heaven forged sword thunder chop he had no armor he left his faithful uh warhound Slanjow elsewhere and he was basically naked um and uh a soul net was conjured by a character that pops up in the book later on. Uh, Rathrak's essence was ripped from his body and imprisoned, leaving his, his, his body uh, uh, an inoperable shell. Uh, so time passes. The Ever eventually win the war, but Rathwack, Rathrak was forgotten in, in this prison. His soul remained in captivity for thousands of years. And, and when he was let loose freed, the, the Isu had a, a little, uh, another trick, uh, his soul was sent, was shunted into the body of a scarecrow. Mm. This one-time mighty warrior feared by man and beast, uh, his mere name would, would have them running. Now he's in the body of a very flammable, very frail scarecrow. And that's basically the first arc of uh, Rumble. You meet the characters, you get the lowdown on what happened. We're introduced to Bobby La Rosa, this, this young man who has women trouble, um, works in a bar. Doesn't have a whole, yeah, He's a little bit of a clown. He doesn't have yeah. a great outlook on life, right? It's like he's no. got he's got a little bit of a woe is me shit going on.
2: But yeah. you find out that there's pretty much a reason I mean, it's it's right. things aren't so rosy in 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 his life. He's uh on the verge of basically becoming an orphan.
1: Yes, his father died under unusual and 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 very quick circumstances. His mother because he went into a coma. So he just his life is tending bar in this dive and going to see his mother <laughs> and hanging yeah. out with his boy Dell Slaughter. Yeah, Dell Slaughter. Dell's like, oh, he's a metalhead. Um,
2: got I, a tattoo that makes him look tough.
1: He, he right? He suppo- he's tougher than he he looks tougher than he is. He he uh, is the first to retreat. But I have to say, there are instances in this in these 50s, fifteen issues that Dell really steps up. They're few, they're yes. and they're no, far between. He but does. I mean, he does; he's,
2: he's the reason why Rathrat can actually um, uh, stay as well as as stay together as well as he we can. I mean, he he uh, is his bright idea as far as the uh, <laughs> the, the spray cans because he is because uh, very flammable, um, and he's 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 not. You would think somebody like that would just be full of bluster, but he does. There's, there's, he does want to. He wants to go to the fight. He wants to see. The, he wants to be a part of it. I mean, there are some circumstances where you know he ends up when something goes down. He may end up under a table or right. behind something, but it's not. Right. He's not running away to hide. It's. I, I think maybe he's just looking for a better. Uh, where to strike to when, when his advantage comes. But yes, it, it yeah. does make it look like he, he seems to, um, miss out when things get hot and heavy.
1: Where Bobby would never right. have been there in the first place. he becomes right. be like, screw it. He's yeah. like, fuck it. It's like, I got my
0: own
2: shit going on. You guys do what you got to do. And Rathrock, uh, is funny because he basically keeps calling him like a, a puss. <laughs> yes. He's like, dude, come on. Look at me. I got my mace. He's like, yeah, but you know, he's like, seriously. And, <laughs> but Bobby, who's never there. He's the exalted one. He's the one who's like, nah, man, that's that's my boy. He's got my back. It's like, dude, he's never been in a fight. What do you mean he's got you? So (laughs) it really is an interesting little um, uh, triangle between the three of them. There's a a lot of heart. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no,
1: no. Go ahead. No, I would just say there's a lot of heart to this book because as we're told of Rathrax past and you see him traipsing across the plains with this giant warhound. Next to him, and they get into these adventures, and they they slay. Sometimes they slay things they maybe shouldn't have slayed, but because yes. because they have the the Isu brand, uh, every Isu a bad Isu. You know what I mean? Yes. He, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. There's to,
2: no there's no gray area,
1: right? To wipe the scourge of the Isu off the off the the planet. Um, and you, so you see these two and they're, they're, they're buddies and they, the dog is so faithful, so faithful that when, when, um, Rathrax's soul was imprisoned, the dog stayed by his body yeah. until yeah. he died. He expired next to his master's yeah. body. And then there, so you come to the present day where Rathrax walking around as a scarecrow and he comes upon, you see the dog early in the book. There's a yeah. three-legged dog running around, Yeah. tripod, and um, the the dog comes into contact with Rathrak, And Rathrack's like, "That's a noble animal. He's he doesn't have a he only he's missing a leg, and yet he still perseveres." And he calls the dog mm-hmm. Apache, and the the dog just bonds to him. I mean, there's yep. a, there's a real heart to this book. It's not just all slay, kill, chop. You know,
2: it's it's great. And there were some moments. Where within the three arcs, where um I, you know, some of it could just be really straightforward. And it's like the way, the way Arcudi is going to tell the story. It's like, listen, I know where it's going, but this is a hell of a ride and I'm there for the duration. So, so just you tell the story you want to tell, even if I have an idea, mm-hmm. but you really don't. Cause there's at least, at least off the top of my head, two instances where I thought he was zigging and he ended up zagging and, mm. and I bet you I know one of them. One of them had to do with a, uh, with the resurrection. Yep. And I had to wait till the next issue and I was like, motherfuck. I, I, thought, I thought it was her, but it was, it. and so, and then the, the other one was, um, for while the, the Isu were telling their story and Asura is, we're, we're, we're getting some insight on him and his, um connection with his pet, Lerna. Uh, for a split second, I thought maybe Rathrak wasn't the noble knight I was led to believe early on. I thought maybe it, we, we, we were being, we were being told the story of a person who isn't uh, so, um, somebody we should be supporting. I, I, I thought he was kind of the bad guy and everybody, he was, he was, he was the evil of the story, but it's obviously not the case, but, um. Right. He's got, I, he's got laser vision. He's like Rom with the diorathes. Ah, oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah, mer- yeah. the mere
1: mention of, of the diorathes and Rom, Rom's there with the neutralizer. But there's, <laughs> there's a, there's wiggle room. There's a gray area. There, that, there's, that, there's that one beast that, that was, tending to that entire tribe that he just went in and slaughtered. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. it and it disrupted the whole process of, of how they were living and, and and sustaining. And he just he didn't just kill a creature, he screwed over a whole bunch of people with that.
0: Yeah, I mean like you said he's sort of a man possessed. He yeah. he's not uh, Yeah, he doesn't really suffer any fools. There's no compassion.
1: Right. And she wasn't really doing anything. I, from what from what we were told, she did, wasn't right. really doing anything She's, wrong. She was, she was nurturing these people and and birthing them, right? But like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it gets weird because, like David said, Asura pops up, and this is the guy who has a a pet. It, it's kind of like a hydra,
2: kind of like a hydra, but yeah. it's it a, a, hydra, a yeah. but it's a cute hydra, like it's like, it, a, like a puppy hydra. It is. Yeah. It's straight up, because, I mean, they play catch. They, 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 yeah, it's his pet. has got six heads, little yeah, snake you know.
1: heads. And the thing with the Immortals is um, if they lose a body part, they can regenerate it. But they have to eat. And at some point in the uh, story, Rathrak chops off two of Lena's heads. And she's she can't eat. She's throwing up. And Asura's despondent because this guy – I mean, Lena's everything to Asura. And that's mm-hmm. where the hatred comes in. So – Asura sure. concocts this plan. Mis- Mr. Kogan is central to like everything in this book. Yeah, He's like Loki. He's a trickster. Uh, he just likes to stir up some shit just to see what the universe is going to – how the universe is going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's a, he's he's adept in the magics. He's the one who cast the soul net that ripped out uh, Rathrax's soul. And um, so Asura goes to Kogan and, and says, you know, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to kill myself and you're going to make sure I resurrect – in Rathrax's body. So I can, I can bring some, some holy hell down upon his head. But things, I mean, it's rumble, so things don't always go as they should. And I don't think we should reveal, because that's pretty much midway to, to late stage of the, of the series, and I'm not gonna reveal that. But it's awesome. And it's, right. there's like, carnage. It's not just monster on, on warrior. They get everybody involved. Like, there's a point where Zolathas troops, like, they're, there's guys riding on bats. I mean, is it is just mass carnage? Mm-hmm. It's so much fun.
0: And there's little hybrids.
1: Yep. There's humor and in true, this like too.
0: Cute. They're like cute, sort of. They are.
1: Yeah, and that's I sort was like, like
0: little squids, little tentacle things, but they're all. I, I I'm still trying to figure out like how they're half human. Like <laughs> I guess because the I guess because the demons can possess human form. They is that? I guess that's how they've come about. I guess we're supposed to assume, or somebody got busy with them. yeah. But why would they? I mean, a human wouldn't get busy with most of these creatures if they knew what they look like.
1: You never know. Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there are enough Vince Bees out there that true. Yeah, you know. Right. But um, another rub, uh, Zolath is a major bitch. I mean, she th- <laughs> there, there. There's really there are some characters that flip. In this book, and there are you know, some that you can tell are are not exactly pleased with the way they're acting. But Zolath is a major bitch. Like she, mm-hmm. she's she's a duplicitous bitch through the whole thing. She she tricks, she connives, she double crosses. There's right. a, a, set, a sequence where she another treaty like Rathrax should have known. Mm-hmm.
2: She she,
1: re, she she puts the olive branch out, and she's like, "Come on." I will give you your body back, but you give me Thunder because that's mm. that's the thing that's been kicking our asses for thousands of years. Give me Thunder Chop, you can have the body. Everybody's cool. So he gives her the sword, but it was a trick because she removed the heart from his body. Without the heart, the body can't animate. So now she's got him. He's not going to attack her because she's wearing his heart. If he if he cuts her, the heart's gone. So yes, yep, and me. yeah, and that's where um, somebody else. Thankfully, steps up and swings the tide of battle. It's a great book. It really is. I mean, it's all joy. And it's,
2: there are, it, it, it's not so much that it's, yeah, it, it's good versus evil, but even the evil, whereas the queen's trying to, she, she's holding court and everybody's supposed to heed her words uh there's some there's there there's conflict even within yeah. all the tribes and not everybody is you know it cuz even when she's holding on to the heart and everybody else is like just destroy the heart and then this way you oh, can't come. so it's there's there's uh, there's uh now say yeah, there's the, say you had right. the heart
1: of your 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 worst enemy you you're you're, an, you're an incredibly smart man you would stomp on that thing too sweet it would be mush right she won't she didn't do it no. like that's just incredibly stupid yes from a tactical standpoint if you have the means to destroy your enemy and you don't do it it's all on you from now on this you know this is your doing but I'm sorry go ahead
2: the um there was one thing that <laughs> yeah,
0: you said there was a nitpick right
2: yeah there was there, there, which which really surprises me <laughs> Because we pretty much named most of the characters in the book, except for one, which is pretty appropriate, because we didn't learn her name until the third issue. I went back and I reread the first two issues again, and we're introduced in the first issue to a – well, no, no, no. We're just – Dell has someone who can read Kogan's note. We, we meet Tima for the first time in the second issue, but we don't learn her name until the third, and it drove me fucking nuts because all they're having a cut. Con- just it's fine because when we have a conversation, I'm not going to constantly say Vince's name when I'm talking to Vince. But in a comic book, you have to find some way to let the reader know. Right. who this person right, is, this is true. And, yeah. and we didn't know and, and I'm reading the second issue, and I'm going back and forth through every page, I'm like, he's got to say her name he's got to say, mm-hmm. he never does he talks about when he was helping her move, and, and he knows the textbooks are the way they are, so he, she can probably read this note, and, and until she shows up at the bar, and Bobby's like oh, Del must have told you I worked here, she's like no, I just mm-hmm. I he worked at a bar, but I'm eating my date, and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell this woman's name is, and then it finally they they, they finally say it, but I was like That seemed so weird to meet a character for the first time and not know what their name is until later on. Mm. Yikes. Doesn't destroy the story at all. Trust me. I mean, everything's still golden. But Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where I'm like, wait, that was her name. And I went back to the second edition. I was like, yeah, he never. That was weird. It was just it, it struck me odd. And it's not like this is obviously not. John's first work, so it's just one of those things where it's like, wow. As a writer, I would think that just that that might just be second nature, but it's it happens. Shit happens.
1: My favorite character is Nusku.
0: A little fire dude. The fire yeah, dude. Yeah, I looks, love him. Yeah, he's cute. Looks like Duke when he's not on fire. Yeah, he's
1: yeah. he's cute when he's when he's out, but when he's raging, oh my god! Like I think he's yeah. the most powerful character in the book. But it's nice because. You have this gigantic fire being that can just destroy everything, but he has an Achilles' heel. I mean, he was put yeah. out by a by a um, fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. <laughs> That's great. This massively powerful thing is put out by a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> and he is very cute. But no this this is, is a this is a major work. I think um, out of all the image books um I've read in the past what year I think this is way up there with being the most memorable yeah it's a great yeah, story it it doesn't it's not cut for i mean yes it's the an ancient war between two two factions that's great I mean we've seen that before but it's it's the the design and the artifice behind it and it, it they've made it their own. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a well, well, um, trod storyline, but so what?
2: Yeah. I mean, Isn't everything? Look is, is unique. Everybody yeah. looks they, like, like you guys said earlier with the design work and I mean, Rathrak looks like, I mean, he's, he's a walking scarecrow, but you know, the Thunder Chop is an amazing, I love the design of the sword. I, yeah. I, I, I love the cutouts on it. It's, um,
1: And when you stop and I mean, think and wonder how a scarecrow can lift that sword, it, I know. You just don't. You don't even think, think about it.
2: But all the, all, all the, the monsters or, or whatever you want to call them, the, the, they're just, everything just, it fits that, it's as crazy and out there and fantastical this world is. It, it feels, I mean, the, the physics, the, the, it feels lived in. It. it, it this is yeah. this is a, a a thing that it's very it's very much fleshed out as as anything that you know you would read in in, in a game and story. Just it's it really is an extreme. It feels like something that isn't only fifteen issues old. It it feels like it's something that's been around for a while. And and you're just you're getting a lot. There's the fifteen issues is the three arcs. Um, I know the first two trades are out. I believe. The, the third should be soon if, if it isn't, but, um, and they're going on break so they can recharge and, and, and figure out where the story's going. But, um, no, if, if you have not checked this out, I and mean, we're not, I, if, if, we can still keep talking about it, but I just, I, I want to, um, just reiterate strongly that if, if you are not reading Rumble, you should rectify that. Yeah.
1: And it's a good yes. it's a good time if if anything we we've said interests you it's a good time to jump on because like David said there is a hiatus coming up. They said it's not mm-hmm. going to be extensive but they just want to, you know, double back and plan where everything's going. So now you can hop on board, get the three trades, read them and then you'll be all ready for when it comes back. Yes, sir. And issue 13 has a variant cover. Done yes. by a God among men. <laughs> uh-huh. Richard Corbin did a variant cover for, and our even says it in the letters play page. Like we have been blessed by one of the very best has actually done a variant cover. We are on the map now, Richard Corbin. It's a great cover, but his um, his wife colored it. Yes, which yeah boggles my mind because there's no one better than color in color than with color than Richard Corbin. And mm-hmm. for her to do it and have it look that good, I guess some of the magic has been passed down or, or on because it looked great to me. I didn't – until I read Georgia. who colored it, I was like, okay, this is an awesome Corbin
2: color cover. That's how they do. Yeah. I wish I was Corbin's wife. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty spiffy variant for number 14 as well.
1: I know. I, I actually put that in um the images. For our episode. Nice. Thinking. Who'd
0: that buy? I forget. Scotty Young. Ah, there we go. You
1: know, I, I love Scotty, but I had to look at that cover more than once to figure out what was going on. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I'm just saying. Just saying.
0: Oh. Dang, hard out here for Scotty. Yeah. Seriously.
1: And my second favorite character in the book is Gut Gutvang. I love that guy. You, mm, I figured you would. You slap a checkerboard on something and you got my yeah. attention, but the That's whole... The whole turning himself inside out and the bringing the things back from the and it comes from his oh, from his body. It's nuts. I love it. But let people mm. experience that themselves, Vince. Don't let the, all the cats out of the bag. Spoilers. Great book. Excellent book, right? Yeah, for for Rizzle. Yeah, don't know why we got uh, so laughs, but at least we've made amends. Right? Yeah. Come on, we read a ton of stuff.
2: We do. Yeah, but there's some things where, you know, you just – it's – as soon as it comes out, it's like, that's what I got to read. I, mm-hmm. I, and I get, you know, I'm huge uh, – I am I'm one of the biggest uh, offenders when it comes to just letting things pile up. And, I, you know, I'll just – I'll read them and, you know, I, I make my own little self – Trade weight, and I'll just read five issues at a clip, and I'll it, which is nuts. But there are yes, we do read a lot of things, but there are some things where you don't mind letting them pile up, and then there are things that when you do get to them, you're like, what the fuck did I let that pile up? So yes. this is definitely the latter, and and it's I can't, true. Um, I, don't, it's,
1: I don't say it like you, but I. Hold up!
2: You're not a potty mouth. I know a potty mouth, right? You got the you drink with the pinky out and everything. Uh, <laughs> like no, Patrick.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fancy. No, yeah. the, uh, in any case, um, yeah. Thank you, John and James and and Dave. And it's it's a beautiful book, and I uh, I'm looking forward to number sixteen. But it's just there's man. It like I said, you think it's going somewhere and it isn't. When you find out when, oh, seriously, that was my biggest, that, that reveal with, with, with the, with the resurrection for, for Mm -hmm. sort of that, that was the huge, that was the big, because it even says in the letters page, Arcudi's even like, this isn't going where you think it's going. I was like, yeah, whatever. All right, sure. Mm -hmm.
1: I thought so too. And if he did do that, it would have made things very, very difficult. Yes. for certain characters mm-hmm. but as it stands the way it was written um, he did make things very very difficult in a different way so well yeah cause it, it, worked. it
2: we, we, there's a little bit of depth added to another character so I mean yeah. it all obviously there's there's a plan it's not like you know he's not making it up as he goes and, and hopes you know Harold will draw it as uh, on the fly it's just there's a there's a reason. There's a method to his madness, so it's, uh, it, right. it all it all works. But yeah, no, I'm. It's good. Yeah.
1: All right, Jason. Yes, Vince, bring it. What? do you exactly, I don't understand. Bring it. I it's want to. all
0: collab-o. Now it's like you hand it off to me. I don't,
1: uh, well, uh, you instigate I... the next thing we're going to talk about. You, well, ha- you have the control. The only thing
0: I read to talk about that uh, we don't we're not going to tag team on. Um, mm-hmm is Civil
1: War 2 I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> backing up. You read all of Civil War Two?
0: Yes, because apparently I pre-ordered the uh, hardcover, which fun. I had forgotten.
1: Oh, boy.
0: And so when my DCBS box arrived this past Friday, it was in there, and then I thought, wow, I pre-ordered this, huh? And then I said, well, <laughs> if I don't read it right now, it's, I'm, I'm genuinely never going to read it, right? Because it's, it's going to just go into the massive regime. It's not high priority, and I'm going to forget it was ever there. So I thought, all right, well, I have it, and let me read it. So I read it. Mm. And we didn't miss much.
1: Oh, I thought so.
0: <laughs> it was Civil War 0, the free comic book day edition, and 1 through 8. So 10... 10-ish comics, if you will. And this is the first event that I think we all three collectively didn't read as it was coming out. Correct. Um, and as a result of that, I found even the most tiny tie-ins to the books I am reading on the regular to be annoying. Um, but with that said, <laughs> I really do think that the little tidbits you pick up in the ancillary books tell the whole story. I mean, look, a lot of events have stunk and a lot of events have tied in too much of the universe for too long. And and we're all very, very tired of the idea that, that a Marvel or DC event will, quote unquote, change things forever. I think we've all seen through that trope at this point. But this event doesn't do any of that. It's like there's no like nothing happens. There's like zero consequence. Um, there's no except for, no giant man you, killed. Well, except for no 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 there well, are deaths. Yes, there are deaths. But the deaths feel so hollow. Mm. Um, can, can I get into the spoilers? Because sure. Can I go? Yeah, go for it. All right, so spoilers. Nobody cares about this. And, and again, I think anyone that's reading even a modicum amount of Marvel has probably gathered this because they have made huge references to these quote-unquote big events anyway so it's probably not going to be a spoiler for anybody that's not 6 to 8 months behind on all Marvel but uh okay so the big the big shocking things in this book are uh Rhodey dies which was you know spoiled months and months ago She-Hulk is almost killed uh she she's nearly killed which um, explains
2: which explains her
0: PTSD whacked out first issue of that new comic that they just put out. Um, and then Bruce Banner is, uh, assassinated by Hawkeye. How does he do it? Okay. So I'll just, I'll I'll give you the quick, here, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna save everybody the trouble of spending $35 or whatever it is for this hardcover, if you're curious. Um, the free comic book day issue shows the, uh, a group of Avengers appearing um, at a—I think it's New York City, but at some city—they appear and there's a celestial, a group of Celestials there, and they're ready for them and they stop them. And it turns out that they were there in time and knew just what to do because they were given a tip from the Inhumans that the Celestials were going to appear and they save the world. Just another day, day, day's work, and everybody's giddy. Cause it, it was like flawless. They got there. They took care of business. They had a plan stopped it. Boom. No, no, no problems. Zip zero zilch. So they're giddy. They're at a party at Tony's place. they everyone's, everyone's, you know, cranking it up, you know, popping bub Getting they freak on. Everybody's giddy, right? It's like, man, that mission went well. And, uh, you know, and humans show up. They're dapping up the Inhumans. being like, yo, good looking out. That was the spot. Tony's like, man, that was, you know, everyone's, everyone's giddy. It's like straight up. It's like, it's like being a, like a, like a Drake party. Everyone's giddy. Um, so finally, you know, they're getting their drink on whatever. And, uh, and Tony's like, Oh, I gotta know. Like, how'd y'all get that tip? Like, how'd you know they were going to be there at that moment? And turns out of course, that, uh, by now people probably know, um, one of the new inhumans that was turned into an inhuman from the Terrigen mist cloud is a young boy who goes by the code name Ulysses. And he has some sort of power, which they're trying to figure out how it works. But basically he gets visions, very powerful, vivid visions of the future, and the Inhumans take him in as they've been doing to all the new Inhumans, uh, giving them shelter. And they realize this kid's got these powers, and they they intervene. So, um, so they introduce Ulysses to the, to the crew and, and Carol Danvers, who is now pretty much running the show. She's in charge of Alpha Flight. She's like the main shield liaison. She's in charge of the Avengers Ultimates. She's she's pretty much the uh, the uh, HWIC. Um. She's like, whoa, this is awesome. Because you know, the ultimate mandate is to try and prevent things before they happen. And if we use this kid's visions, we can do that. Um and Tony, who ironically, you know, was the villain, if you will, of the first civil war, is like, mmm, that's kind of suspect. Because yeah, I get that he sees the future, but we've all been around the block long enough to know that. It's a future. It's not the future. And they're like, nah, but what if it's the future? He's like, but it's not. We know that. Like, we, again, we don't need to debate that. Like, we know the future is changed. We've changed the future a million times. Like, we, again, he had a vision that the world ended at the hands of celestials. We stopped that. So there's proof that he sees a future, not the future. And so we can't act on it. And of course, Carol's like, well, son, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, even if it's a 10% chance that we can stop a, you know, uh, uh, the world from ending because of his tip, it's worth taking that chance, right? So it's like this philosophical debate, right? Of, of, you know, what, how preemptive should you be? And that really sets the tone. And that's basically the whole premise of the event because, uh, he, he continues to have visions and they continue to act on him. Um, most notably he has a vision of Thanos showing up and. They're ready for Thanos. They're waiting for him as he shows up and he's shocked because he's like, How are you what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And it's like such I can't believe Bendis wrote this. It's like uh as if this is the first time that the heroes have appeared to stop a villain. Like he literally the whole time's like, I don't understand how you're here. How did you know I was gonna be here? It's like it's Thanos, dude. Like I would imagine pretty much every time Thanos has ever showed up on Earth, the Avengers get wind of it, right? Like it's not like he he's not like he's not a ninja, you know? <laughs> But the whole time he's like, oh, I just don't understand how you're here. It makes no sense. And because it's fucking Thanos, he, he's hard to bring down and, uh, he, he beats up She-Hulk and he punches Rhodey and kills him. And again, like it's Thanos, the dude, I mean, the dude can control the, you know, he's like one of the most powerful beings on the, on the planet, but somehow this time because they used Ulysses vision to go and combat him, somehow that's, Tony is apoplectic and blames Carol and this Ulysses kid for Rhodey's death. Now, further complicating things, which I admittedly was not aware of, apparently Carol Danvers and Rhodey had been shacking up, They had been hitting the skins. Oh, so she's like, I lost a lover, like I wouldn't, like of course, like this wasn't, you know, he, he knew what he was getting to. He was a soldier, but we, you know, this this could have happened under any watch, and I agree with it there. But Tony goes on tilt and he wants to kill Ulysses and he wants to. You know he hates Dan, Carol and so forth, so on and um, then, but like basically he he kind of goes off and 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 whatever and and they get another he gets the kid gets another vision and as he's getting more visions his power is becoming stronger and now he's being actually when he gets them he he projects like everyone around him into it as well so they can see and feel it as well and he gets a vision of the Hulk killing everybody kills everybody like all the heroes like kills all the heroes. And uh so they're freaked out about that. So like every hero on the earth goes to visit Banner who's in human form working at a lab. And Banner's like, what'd I do? What's up? And they're like, just come outside. I want to talk to you. And he comes outside and there's like a thousand heroes waiting for him. He's like, oh shit. He's like, what did I do? And they're like, it's not what you have done. You know, it's what you're going to do. And he's like, but I don't understand. I've been working on, you know, I haven't turned into the Hulk in over a year because of the the, the, the experiments I've been doing. And they're like, they they go into the lab and they're like, you've been experimenting on yourself and and injecting gamma cells into yourself. And how could you do that? And he's like, but that's why I haven't been turning into the Hulk. And so they're sitting there all debating it. And they're you know they're like, you should come in with us. You know, and he's like, but I didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, <laughs> in the head, his head explodes with an arrow. And it's Hawkeye. And it turns out that Banner had told had given Hawkeye sometime before, an arrowhead that would allow him to kill the Hulk, even in Hulk form. And he said to Hawkeye, listen, you're the only one that will have the guts to take me down and end me if I ever become the Hulk again. And if I ever become the Hulk, I want you to kill me. And so Hawkeye says, look, he his eyes turned green. I could sense it. Uh, I took him down. Now, this is obviously a horribly thinly veiled idea at what's been going on with the police, you know, pre, quote unquote, preemptively, you know, taking down... Largely young black men unfairly, right? Like it's a, it's very much Bendis's sort of treatise on that, but it loses so much of its. It it just it's so poorly juxtaposed, in my opinion, because you're dealing with like a godlike being, like the Hulk, right? So it's like we're supposed to care whether where his eyes really did turn green or not, right? Like we're supposed to be into that idea. Like did they turn green? Was it in Hawkeye's mind? Was it not? But it like, it's like, who cares? Like, that's really irrelevant, right? He killed Branner and, and, and so by the way, this book, there's like almost no action. You, you see the Thanos fight, which is like a couple (laughs) pages. You, the the whole thing, there's no fight because he's not the Hulk. And then half the, half the eight eight issues is three different trials. Jennifer's starts the book out with a trial for some random villain that gets found guilty because they recorded him talking about wanting to do something, which sets the tone for this. Like it's like a precursor. There's a trial for. Um, for, for, uh, uh, like an internal tribunal for the whole thing with the, with the, uh, whether, you know, the whole, uh, thing, aforementioned thing with, um, uh, with, with Rodi. And then there's an actual trial, a murder trial for Hawkeye. And he gets acquitted. And then everybody, half the people lose their minds because he gets acquitted. And so it becomes Tony and the people that think it's not cool to, to preemptively do stuff versus the Carol and her crew that think it isn't good to do the stuff. And they battle. But they battle for like half an issue. It's like it makes no sense because it makes no sense. Tony was the
1: one that was pushing for
0: registration. Exactly, exactly right, precisely right. It's ridiculous. And then, and then, I mentioned this part of it because it was I forget what what tie in issues I was reading, but it happened in those issues where some random like totally normal woman gets uh, picked up by them all because he gets a vision of her and about her having something in a briefcase where the world ends. And then they grab her and they open up the briefcase and it's empty. And so that was pulled in. And, uh, and then, um, hold on, my son's coming to charge his phone. Uh, and, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And so, so all of these things go on and they keep having these moral debates or whatever. And, um, finally the last big moment is Miles Morales, aka Spider-Man. The kid, Ulysses has a vision of Spider-Man killing Captain America. And impaling him, and what's notable about that is that Miles is actually on Team Danvers, right? So they're all like, "Oh shit!" They're like, "Miles, you're under arrest." And he's like, "But I would never do that to Captain America. He's my hero, you know." And Captain America's like, "Nah, nah. He, listen, I, I..." And he talks to him. He's like, "Son, you would never do that to me, right?" He's like, "No, I would never do that, Cap." And it's just supposed to be like, "Okay, finally, even their own they can't trust." And like that's really how the book ends. Like the book basically ends where Tony kidnaps Ulysses and tries, maybe thinks about killing him, and Medusa stops him and they all just basically agree that it's not smart to, 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 to preempt anymore. And, uh, they kind of just end the, end the feud. It's, it's like nothing happens like literally other than that these deaths, which, you know, will be undone at their earliest convenience. Um, it was like a year long superhero clad debate about whether we should try and preemptively stop crime from happening or not. And it, uh, it just didn't make sense on so level, so many levels. Not the least of which, which you've caught on to, Vince. It's like Tony is, for years, been the he's been the autocrat. He, he's been the the futurist. The uh, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Right? He's that he. I mean, you know, he, not only to your point about what he did in Civil War, he was in the Illuminati. I mean, he, like he, like it's he spent years theoretically stepping in and stopping these things from happening. You know, I mean, he, he, that's how they got into the whole secret wars mess. I mean, it's like so it's just so hard to believe that that he would have, would have, you know, a problem with this and um and Carol was on the other side, you know? So it's just it's just very much a, a flat I guess money grab, but it was the most boring event of all time. Like there's no world-ending crisis, there's no massive battle, there's no unifying big bad where they all put their differences aside and fight together. It's just a philosophical difference of opinion that is ends up being resolved because it just goes to the point where they're like, well, this is stupid. There really is no, it is possible. It is just a a one potential future. So complete swing and a miss and, uh, and definitely dragged down a lot of the ancillary books that were brought into it. So, um, uh, I guess technically it kind of fills in some of the blanks for some of the books, but anything that we imputed from the hints we got in those books was just enough. Anyway, you didn't need any more.
1: So, yeah, uh, the theme of preemptively striking, uh, via the future, that's some of the themes that's going on in action comics now. Oh, okay. With Lex Luthor gonna step up and be the next dark side. And there are hunters sent out to kill him. And that's where Superman steps in. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know. It does not sound like something I want to read, buddy. No.
2: Thanks for taking one for the team, Jason.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm happy to for for the whole EOC community. (laughs) Big shoulders, broad shoulders on Jason. That's how we do. What else do we have? I got
1: plenty to talk about.
0: No, bring it. it. Bring the book that you finally read that I loved.
1: Yeah. I don't know why it took me so long to get on this, but um, Jason talked about it. Oh, must be more than a year ago.
0: Mm -hmm. No, not that long.
1: No? No, no. Well, it was written by the great Jason Aaron, <clears throat> illustrated by R.M. Guerra. Is it Guerra or Guerra? Guerra. Guerra, okay. Color art by Julia Brusco. It's the Goddamned. And I finally got around to, uh, it just came in my box, and as soon as I opened it, I said, well, I'm going to read this because I want to see if Mabu is, is correct, and uh-huh. lo and behold, he was. Yeah um, I gotta preface um my thoughts on this book with something you probably already know, but maybe some of you don't. I'm not a very religious man. <gasps> I'm not. But you never we have new listeners all the time. Um spiritual, yes, religious no, and any kind of doctrine turns me off unless it's presented like this, where um Aaron takes a lot of liberties. This is um, the story of Cain, the, the first um, person born of man, right? If Adam and Eve were created, Cain was the first natural-born person in history, well, at least our history, and yep. um, how he was the first murderer. He invented murder and killed his brother uh, Abel in a fit of rage, and because of that, he's cursed. He can't die. He wanders the earth, getting into uh, all sorts of trouble, maimed, squashed, burned, but he always comes back. That is his curse. And uh, in this book, like I said, Aaron does uh, some pretty fantastic leaps in, um, in logic where there are human beings walking the earth in tandem with dinosaurs and creatures and beasts. So it's not straight. It's not a straight Bible story. I mean he has fun with it. No. And and it, it makes the book better when you have all these these massive creatures and Cain running around um, just ripping the place apart. But
0: and his interpretations of these characters it's just a dirty, dirty visceral world. Right. Well that's
1: how I was I was getting there. It's it's a brutal book because it's it's there's not much to do on this world other than try and survive um right. you you eat what little sleep you can get um you shit and you reproduce that mm-hmm. that's basically it I mean it, it's a hard brutal um dark very very s- l- l- there's not a whole light not a lot of light in this book and um that's where Cain comes in he's he he runs afoul of this group of um morons called the bone Boys. And because they have bones, like sticking in their face, and that's their their gang name, and the Bone Boys have kind of lorded over this one tribe of people, and and they they quote kill Cain, but he comes back and and he he rips the Bone Boys apart, takes Mm -hmm. his weapons back, and and while he does this, a little kid is like, Yo, dude, you know, can I come with you? And it's funny because every other word in this book is fuck. And you yes. you gotta think it that you know it that's not an old word. And for Kane to be throwing it around, it's kind of funny. Um Yeah,
0: you know it's funny because I if you remember I really didn't like Northlanders because I felt like they cursed too much in the book.
2: That's see, that's and what I was waiting for someone to bring up. And it's funny though because for some reason in this book I wasn't bothered by it at all. Was it Northlanders or was it Vikings?
0: It was it was Northlanders. Okay. Yeah, my cousin's book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Don't. So See, I knew I, I, and that's, I was thinking about it today. I was like, Vince is going to talk about this and, and I, and I know Jason loved it, but the liberties that Aaron takes, but it could also be because of the setting and, and the fact that, you know, Bible stories are just stories that are retold that were oral stories that were, it, it's,
1: edited and re-edited well, and cherry-picked right. so, and whereas you know I
2: think if you're trying to do a book about Vikings and you're trying to like establish this real realistic historically accurate setting then you know you kind of be careful with the liberties you take but something like this I can I was justifying his reasons in, in my mind earlier today but um, I'm glad you brought up Northlanders thank you sure get to the events I'm sorry
1: no no big deal so the kid the little boy's name's Lodo No, it's not. I'm getting ahead of myself. So he tells this little one-armed kid, you can't come with me. I don't don't want anything to do with you. Stay here. Your life has just become even more miserable because now you have no one to protect you. Like the Bone Boys, they weren't exactly the nicest guys, but at least you had some kind of defense against every other thing that's out in this world. So now your life has just become immeasurably harder. So Cain leaves, and he runs into this woman named aga and aga has a son who was picked up by a traveling we'll call him a caravan and when you when you first meet these people they're they're chopping down every tree that they come across and i'm like what's to deal with these people um i mean and this thing stretches for for miles and 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 when we first see it there's there's a hint that you know there's a bunch of different beasts along with this this person but eventually let the cat out of the bag it, it's noah and the the reason why they're chopping down trees is because he needs that wood to build that stupid ark yeah. that god told him to build supposedly and and noah is in a position of authority like he has thousands and thousands of people under his mm-hmm. un, under his thumb and and he's despicable because he uses that that faith, he, he wields it like a sword, like I'm Noah, God talked to me. I'm building this ark. He had picked me and you're nothing. Where it turns out that Noah is the most despicable character in the book. He, he uses the fact that, well, not a fact. He uses the idea that God may or may not have talked to him to completely bamboozle all these people and embarking on this quest to build this boat. To pick up every, to you know, you know the story, and here you have the man who invented murder, and he is infinitely more likable than Noah. Like Noah's just a dick. Mm-hmm. He he makes these children collect this raw meat and feed the animals with it and what's left over like they, they they they're they're cannibals they eat the human flesh they 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 live in their own shit like this is not a feel-good book everything about this book is disturbing but it's so well done and um eventually Cain runs into Noah and I'm not going to reveal the end but um there's for, there's a obviously there's a lot of commentary on religion in this book where, and my favorite part of the book is when when Agatha goes into the fact that her son was, was taken and she starts praying and Cain's like, that's not going to do you any good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I I know the man you're praying to and he's not going to – he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. And throughout this whole thing, there's no intervention by a higher power at all other than the fact that Cain keeps coming back to life. But that, that, mm-hmm. that was a curse that was set into motion. So it's a godless book. And I'll tell you, if you removed the color art and just looked at this, um, Gara's work in black and white, this this series would be perfect. It would fit very well in the Bronze Age, especially in like a Warren book.
2: No, especially with the line art, yeah.
1: I mean, Gara is – he's he, – to me, to my eye, he's a Bronze Age artist. It looks exactly like the bronze stuff. That's a – compliment and a half who does that mm-hmm. now, nowadays right um the, right. the, the beasts are amazing uh, there's there's a, a point in it that really swings it for Cain because he really wants nothing to do with anybody but he's attacked by what he thinks are going to be beasts but they're not they're they're feral children and and he has to kill these children in order to you know and and that's when he agrees to help Aga he he wants to bring just a little bit of light to this world if if he can he's he he actually he he's very lackadaisical through the whole thing like he's beaten and cut and and killed and he just doesn't care he's looking for something to kill him he wants no more of this life and he's he, he's looking for uh one of the nephilim as it, which are giants born like they're they're human angel hybrids that have the power to actually end his life. And so he's just looking for a way out. He's done. He's finished with all this bullshit. He just wants to die. And then there's a part in the story where he doesn't want to die anymore. He wants to help because of this woman and her kid. And just just this one little good deed would make his life, I guess, yeah. worth, worth living. And it's a great book.
0: Well, and you know, I mean, I, I as you guys know, I I, I thought Scalp. Scalp is one of my favorite books in all the years I've been doing the show. And uh, so – to Have this team doing another book is uh, a okay by me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's interesting. It's a very sacrilegious book. Uh, How so? Oh, I mean, I well, I think it's, it, I think it takes, uh, it, it takes a lot of the the stories from the Old Testament and bastardizes it and humanizes it.
1: I think, yeah, I think it calls God to task for being right, for right. being a, that an that absent father. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so which which is fine by me, but uh, again, it's, me too. it's uh, if, if if people listening, of uh, I know we have we have some listeners that are a little more uh, religious than we are, and uh, you know, just be forewarned, it's uh, it's probably gonna, yeah,
1: you know, it depends on how open you are. To, uh, it, it, yeah, it'll challenge your beliefs. Yeah, but shouldn't they be challenged?
0: It depends. It depends on your perspective. I mean, no, you know where we sit on that debate, but it, you know.
1: Uh, if you, know if you want to is. put it in 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 the the terms of the scientific method you the hypothesis must be tested what what good is it if it's not tested? It's just a hypothesis
2: mm-hmm.
1: you need to you need to have that thing um put to task and and find out if put what your you, thing down yeah what what if it, you're you're not believing the right thing but anyway, go ahead I'm sorry
0: no no I mean I've talked about the book before I'm glad you finally got on it i i love it i I hope it comes back soon I haven't seen any official announcement of it. Of the next arc coming, but it, it is my understanding of what plan on doing more. So,
1: yeah, the next arc, um, according to the this trade, the next arc is called the Virgin Brides. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, and and he and there's another Scotty Young uh, variant cover yeah. in this too. What the hell? My man is the king of the variants. Yeah, I I love Scotty's, but man, Latours. Whew. Nice. D. but um each chapter is prefaced by uh, a passage from the Bible. That is true. relevant to the the goings on. And um mm-hmm. no, it's it's a great book. It's very dark and very, very, very violent. Um, and Cain, at one point himself is crucified, and I love how he kills the one guy with the spike that's still in his hand. He smacks a guy on the back of a head with a spike and it you just, it rips right through his palm and goes right into the dude's head. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is nasty shit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a good, good book. But yeah, Jason's completely right. Um, you need to, uh, it, you know, you need to have a little bit of a sense of humor when you read this because it's, it, it turns everything that, um, we know on, on a tier.
0: Boom.
2: David, what, how, did you like it? I I, I. I appreciate it. I didn't, um. Mm-hmm. I was. I read the first two issues, and then, Vincent, you said that you were. You read it for this week. I sped through the last three. I, there are parts of it I like. I don't, um. It's not, uh. I think the art is great. I appreciate what Aaron's doing, but it's not... Um, it wasn't a story that, that that knocked me on my ass. Okay. No, it's, it's not going to connect with everybody. No, it doesn't. And like I said, I, I do... I appreciate and I, I I like what they're doing with it. But I mean, as far as... Um, whether it's the type of story or the characters or just the the... Another telling of of this story. I mean, it, I think people will like it. It, it, This is just one of those things where it it isn't, it it isn't for everybody. No. No, it's like, but it's not because I have some, some connection or, or, or high, I I hold the Bible in in such high regard and I'm, I'm always at the synagogue or anything like that. It's just, (laughs) it's just one of those things that just, it's, you know, it, it wasn't, wasn't quite right for me. Okay. You do you, boo. Yeah. But you know me.
1: Anything that, that that thumbs its nose at organized religion is is pretty much okay in my book. hmm Uh-huh. So, so let's hear what did float your boat this week. He's talking to you, Dap. <laughs> he is, isn't he?
2: He is. Um He didn't say boo, but it was implied. It was right there. It was. Um there are uh I did not get to do a lot of reading this week. Sadly, uh, there, aside from Rumble, I did read issues 15 and 16 of Batman. Number 15, finishing up the two-parter that, uh, Tom King and Mitch Jarrods, uh, that, their little two-parter that, uh, followed I Am Suicide uh with um Batman and Catwoman's night literally on the town, and number sixteen is the start of a new arc called i am bane uh right. with art by David Fitch and Danny Miki, and it looks a lot better than the um than the first Gotham and Gotham girl arc uh but number fifteen I thought the uh the call out to Batman year one, and even some of uh, Batman and Catwoman's real early meetings. I love the way that they were sprinkled into the, uh, into the story. There was a nice heart to heart between Bruce and Selena. And we get to the bottom of the whole 237, uh, that Catwoman claims to have murdered. um, which also ties in to Miller's year one work. So that, that was a really nifty issue. Uh, but number 16, I thought had some great moments, uh, especially with Batman and for lack of a better term, his sons, <laughs> uh, where they all went to Batburger to have a meal and Bruce is telling Dick and Jason and Damien and Duke that Bane is coming. And he can't fight Bane and protect them at the same time. So they either need to get out of Gotham, uh, just put the masks away and go on vacation, or keep the masks on and go fight other demons. Just don't do it here. I don't want you around Gotham. Um, I need to handle this. But there are, and I, I even had Renee read the exchange between Damien and Jason Todd. And that's one way for me to tolerate both characters is just to have them throw quips at each other. And the, uh, the, they're basically not going to listen to Batman, but then we just end up dealing with, um, the rest of the issue is, is pretty much Batman kind of preparing for, um, for Bane, it, it's it moves at a pretty quick pace because the the way it's it's laid out, the uh, the scene at Batburger is a few pages. Then um, Batman stops by the police station. He's talking to Selina on the roof for a couple of pages. Then James Gordon shows up, and um, of course she's still wanted, but Batman lets her go. So he and Gordon have some quick words, and then we're back at the mansion where um, where Batman where Bruce. Is, uh, is helping, um, Gotham Girl kind of with her rehab. And then we get to the, the last page, which is supposed to be a cliffhanger, which I, it, it took me a second and I'm like, Oh, okay. That I, I realized who that's supposed to be, but I really, really doubt that's who it is. So it didn't hit me the way it, it probably should have visually, but it's holy crap. Yeah. It's an impressive page, no, no, no. but I'm like um, John workman did what? the letters yeah he did holy crap yeah um but overall I mean I thought it was a it was a really good start to uh to this storyline um I'm gonna try not to compare it to I Am Suicide the visually or the way the story is told um but I think uh I I like Tom King's take on the various Robins I I um I think he has a real good, well, he's, he's written Dick Grayson for a while. So that really is a no-brainer, but, um, I don't know if many people, um, well, I know there are a lot more people who are Damien fans more than I. So as, uh, the few pages that are in this issue and as the story probably continues, somebody could tell me if Tom continues to, to have the same kind of voice for Damien as, as other writers have, or if it's just, um, because if that's kind of how Damien is, then I, I might actually like the character more than I think I do. But yeah, he's known
0: as, uh, yeah, exactly. So, he's more uh, like just a straight up little kid in this book. Yeah. I think it's uh, funny that they get him the kids' meal.
2: Yes. And as, it's, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fantastic the way it was, and even everything is really witty because, because Dick's like, listen, you know, we're, we're here. We came here to eat because we're pretty much all tired of Alfred's cucumber sandwiches. And, and Bruce is like, God help us. If Alfred ever finds out, you said that. And, and then there are, um, and Bruce puts up moment- the knife and
0: fork and he's cutting the yeah, burger. Right. And the whole like, boy's like uh, is,
2: is this for real? Like, right. This- he's like, you cannot be, this is, I, I don't understand what the hell I'm seeing. But then, even though know, Bruce even tells Alfred, I, you know, I, I may need your help later. And then, um, Alfred's like, I'm sorry, sir. My-, my ears aren't what they once were. It seems like you would ask for help, but that's, that's an absurd mistake on my part, I'm sure. And, and my apologies in advance for my ignorance. And it's just, I, it, I like the interaction that, that, uh, the characters have in, in Tom's books because they, they're witty and, and clever and it, it, the kind of conversations that just naturally flow. So, um, it's nice to, to have some – there's humor in this book where there isn't – and there really shouldn't be because it's not where the story calls for it in Detective. I, I like what Tinian's doing with Batman and the characters mm-hmm. in Detective, but there isn't a ton of humor going on in there. And in this book, even though there's some serious um, and and deadly situations, these characters get them in, in Tom's Batman book, um, mm-hmm. it, it, There's there's the time for – they can – Cut it up with some, some levity, but uh, I think the, these two issues were um, were really good. Tom continues to kill it on on Batman, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really liked that. You know, Tom took a situation with Selina, which is that you know the the recent status quo has been that she's a mass murderer, killing more than two hundred people. Um, I, I like that he took that and. Cleared the decks and brought her back to not being a mass murderer without, but not in a, but in a really natural, savvy way. Um, I just thought that was really well done. So now Selena can be back to being a, you know, I mean when she was when she again when she was a, someone who killed almost 300 people in cold blood. It was it, she lost any credibility of being the good slash bad character that she's often been at her best, and uh, now she's she's back to center, if you will. You know, she can. She can be a help. she can be a hindrance. she can be naughty without being evil. it's it's I like what he did there a lot,
2: agreed, especially with um with the reveal as far as who was behind it all. i um yeah, yeah, but that's just something that only Batman knows right now. Um, right. That's true because that's a secret he has to carry because he couldn't, um, mm-hmm. well, obviously you know what I'm saying, but, but so, which isn't, which is the reason why, uh, Gordon was a little miffed at Batman for letting her go because as far as the world knows, uh, especially the police Catwoman is still a mass murderer. So, um, True. eventually I'm sure things will be brought to light, uh, whether or not the person responsible will be brought in, but, um, as far as readers and the fans know now at least um, there's uh, Vince's big thing was you know how would Bruce actually be able to be with somebody who did that to so many and uh, and
1: well, it's you, really not a concern you, now, you so. see he has no problem with that in the first page of this book
2: mm-hmm. at
1: least issue 15 I mean he's it's pretty obvious what happened there. Yes. <laughs> yes. They had a little bit of rooftop fun. Yeah. Which they got
0: they got busy, hit them skins.
2: They
1: get busy. Uh, MC um, Cokehead.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just, so yeah, so so um so keep reading Batman. If uh if you are, then thumbs up.
0: We got some Bane coming up.
1: Yes. I didn't get to read fifteen and sixteen yet. No? No. You're killing me. I'm sorry. Well,
2: well who finished I, I, Multiplicity, Pally Boy? Yeah, but see, why? I don't know. Because I tried to, and I, I had to tap out towards the third issue. I just, no I kidding. wasn't, I wasn't, I was like, wow, Superman's been awesome. and then I re- your book, And I'm like, this is your jam. Yeah, it was my book when it's just, when it's, when it's Tavasi and, and Gleeson and, and sometimes Jimenez. But now you're- Oh, I know why. Job. Yeah. Okay. I figured that out. No, it wasn't just that. It was a bit of a mess. I. It, it was just. It was. It was. You know. I. I love multiple universes and and the whole alternate dimensions and and let's bring another Superman and and I think I, I love that idea. I, I love seeing other other Earths. You know, they, they stop by Earth twelve and you get to see Batman Beyond and and I, I love all that and and I live for for those type of books. But I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't, I'm just, I'm not feeling this story. No, it did not help that every issue pretty much had two art teams on it. When, when you have Gleason kicking ass, Mm -hmm. four or five books at a time and, and, and Jimenez coming in. And I mean, it's been, it's been an awesome setup. and, And you had Mankey on the, on the Frankenstein issues, but we got to this and I was like, you had, you had Sook, which would have been cool, which should be cool, but you had Tony Daniel, you have um Venice, you have uh, the Clay Man, and and not everybody worked really well together. It just – between the different art styles and so many different Superman, it just – I – Captain Carrot though, dude. I know, dude, and a large, a huge Captain Carrot. There were just – there were things that would have been – that would have knocked my socks off. I so – wanted to love this, but it was just like I, like I said, though. I told you guys, when we started tonight, I really wasn't in a headspace for a few things this week, so this, <laughs> I, maybe I'll revisit it, but yeah. I, just, I was reading and I was just like, I don't, I, I, I should be loving this, and I'm not. Well,
1: this book is always at the top of my stack. You know I love it, but I have to admit parts one and two, I love them. They were kicking. Everything about them was 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 great the conclusion I think it fell apart at the end mm. yeah the yeah. it got a little messy towards the end um, the, the the reasons for um, all the gathering of these these supermen from all the different worlds
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's intentionally vague but we see why on the last page but it's just, it, there's really nothing that happens other than Superman trying to thwart this character, this new Big Bad, from corralling all these Supermen. That's, that's mm-hmm. this entire storyline. It's so, yeah, I mean, all
2: the pages are just.
1: Yeah, a lot happens, but not really. A lot, ha- like we're introduced, it, it's like multiversity in which we're introduced to a shit ton of characters and then nothing mm-hmm. really, nothing really happens. That's, and I was wondering why they released the multiversity trade so close to the, like, so recently, it's because that it ties into this. The Barack Obama, oh, I see. the Barack Obama Superman is front and center in this, these yeah. three issues. Oh, uh, okay. You know, as is the Optima Thule and all the stuff that, that Morrison Created for multiversity. That's it's all in here. Um, mm-hmm. We we lose some characters, and there's a there's a tip of the hat to a very very famous uh, crisis Christ. on Infinite Earths cover. Um, no, I think it was great uh, up until the end. It's just like, and it just kind of like be falls apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just this whole thing was a carrot because this character uh, prophecy immensely powerful wanted to get even more powerful by siphoning all the power from the multiverse's super characters to fight something and we never find out what the something is but we realize who may be behind it on the very last page and it's just like so it's 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 a neat story but there's a means to an end so it's going to tie into
2: Whatever the button, whatever's coming, the button yeah. somehow
1: or whatever they have planned for the the Watchmen characters. I I assumed it's Doctor Manhattan.
2: That that Which, I mean that that seems to be. I, it's happened obviously in Detective. It's happened with this, and I'm wondering if it's like, is it happening in other books we're not reading? Really, is it happening in Titans? I'm behind on the Flash, but is, is it is it happening in... has it happened in Wonder Woman? I just. I don't think this, Wonder Woman. Every time something is happening, and and we're reading a story, and, and we're getting to the end of, of of the arc, and and we're all excited and seeing where it's, the climax is headed, and it's like, oh, psych! Like, I'm pulling this dude out, and I'm putting him in a cage over here, and it's like, dude, I just I, you, it's it's crying wolf sometimes. I just well, it I, just
1: makes us aware of the machinations that these creative people go through to get you to mm-hmm. read the event. I mean, it's just like Civil War two, right? That's what they're doing, it, albeit this is a lot more fun than characters in a courtroom setting. But it's basically <laughs> the same thing, right? They're just manipulating you to get you to read the next thing. Right. That's the problem with mainstream books. I mean, we all love it. But, you know, you got to look behind the curtain and see Oz manipulating you. That's just the way it is. It's, it, it's sad that this is what it's become, but this is what we get. Right. I thought they were great. Even even the, the the massive uh number of creative individuals on this book. It that that, that doesn't bother me. It never does. It never does. But mm-hmm. um you got to see um Kenan Kong uh bond with uh Clark. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That he's a great character, you know. It's just um these are stepping stones to something else. Whatever. Whatever, <laughs> whatever.
0: What I I am excited, uh, cautiously excited for the uh, Flash and the Batman. Uh, yes, Watchmen
2: button. Yeah, I think Jack that's going to be universe.
1: great because um, we're all basically for Watchmen in the DC universe. There's a lot of, there's a very very vocal contingent. Well, out. I don't know.
0: DAP was. Uh, are you? Were you weren't. You know, weren't for the the Watchmen
1: rebirth stuff, but huh, he was on board with that. No, he wasn't. Yeah, sure, he was. Was that the was not stuff the, or, No, the before Watchmen, the before Watchmen stuff.
2: Oh, you said Watchmen Rebirth. Sorry, I meant the before Watchmen stuff. Oh, I know what he meant. Yes, and he's 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 correct. Well, but I don't put words in As far sorry, as you know. if we're going to, if <laughs> since since yes, no, I'm I am I'm I'm fine with with Watchmen in this in in the new in in the post Rebirth DC universe because it's. It's not so much um, shrugging or resigning myself because it is what it is, and, and so be whatever deals were made back in the day. But if if it gets us to some semblance of what we had before New Fifty Two, then then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm.
1: You just want to go back to fun comics,
2: right? Right. And if it takes the Watchmen to, to, to do that, then, then so be it. But I mean, we have, there's, they, they've really stacked the deck in their favor for, for me, because it's, it's Tom King writing Batman teaming up, crossing over with the Flash. And, and there's just, there's, they've, with rebirth and, and the issues we've been reading since then, they've, they've, there's credit in the bank, so I'm not uh, I, I'm not going to dismiss it or, or no prejudging. Nice.
0: I think it's going to be dope. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Doper
1: than the dopest dope scene. I don't know what that means.
2: You don't Just have you to. Right.
0: I can't believe that uh, I read a certain book. Because yes. I you both would be dying to talk about it, and I'm like, all right, I'll read it, and then was- y'all didn't. You didn't read it.
1: Oh, I couldn't. I know you're talking about the shadow. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that we wouldn't get to it this week because we were going to have a guest, but mm-hmm. so I didn't read it. And there's, I tell you, there's nothing more fun for a guest than to hear us tell you why you're wrong, Jason. <laughs> so I mean, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, we'll get to it. You could talk about it. I mean, you... no, no, no. I want to save it. <laughs> you guys to read
0: it.
2: <sighs>
0: I think I, I. I usually feel like I totally get where my brothers are coming from, and then like okay. every now and then I'm like, like yeah, well,
2: the, yeah. Fuck?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the fuck, I I think you'll get where I'm coming to on this from on this one. This is the book okay. I was going to save for our guests, but. He's he's uh, hobnobbing with the glitterati, so I'm just going to go with it. Mm-hmm. M- remember, not too long ago, I talked about that IDW Mickey Mouse book, The Craziest Adventures. Oh yeah, they released another in that series, so there's two uh, Mickey Mouse album sized books. This is this book's a little; it's not as uh, tall as the craziest adventures, but it is a hardcover. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a European album type uh, release. It's called A Mysterious Melody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, there's another title, How Mickey Met Minnie by Bernard Cozy. It's published by IDW. Mm-hmm. It's, I think this is maybe 48 or 64 pages. I don't know. Uh, it's a hardcover. $14.99. Bang. Nuts. And I believe uh, DCBS had it for at least 40, probably 50% off. Mm-hmm. So it's a no-brainer. Um, That's how they do. I, this is a, originally published in France. Um, it's a great little story. Mickey, it, it, if you know your Disney's history, mm-hmm. a lot of these things are going to be, okay, I see where he's going. But if you don't know you're like, what the hell? Why is Pluto called Rover in this book? Because Pluto was originally called Rover, he was originally Minnie's dog, way back in in the the cartoons. Back like when you were a kid. Back yes, back when I <laughs> back when I was still pooping yellow. Um, Pluto was called Rover, but in this book, uh, he's he's called Rover, and Mickey's a screenwriter, and his his job he works for Shooting Star Studios. His job is to pen Rover's adventures. He writes the scripts, brings them to the, the studio, and they film them, right? So, um, he, Mickey loves a happy ending. And that's his Who thing. Doesn't? Right, that's his thing. But, on, so he, he finishes his recent script and he brings it to Shooting Star Studios, and, um, the head of the place, Mr. Blockbuster, reads it and he's like, nah, son, this has a happy ending. People don't want that anymore. The, do like the bard, be like be like Shakespeare, and give us some tragedy. And Mickey's like the fuck. I can't write tragedies. That's crazy. The, the, these are these things are supposed to make people feel good. He's like, all right, I'll do it. So in the meantime, Pluto or um, Goofy, who operates a bookstore, he's he's putting the bookstore up for sale because he found something that's going to change his entire life, massive fortune. Um. And he, he, he doesn't tell Mickey what it is, but it's in an envelope. It's in a manila envelope. Mm-hmm. So um long story short, along the way, Mickey's on a train going to Shooting Star Studios with his rewrite. And this woman comes in. The the, the train has gas lamps. And something's wrong with the lamps. They all go out. So the the, the passengers are in total darkness. Mickey's sitting in the seat. Mm, what am I going to do? i, I got to tough this out. A woman comes in sits next to him, falls asleep on his shoulder. He's like, wow, this is somewhat awesome, a little bit, you know, um, forward that she doesn't even know him and she's falling asleep on me. Anyway, Mickey falls asleep as well. When he wakes up, he doesn't know this, but we as readers know this. She picked up the thing that Goofy gave him and took it. So this whole book and, – and he remembers this melody that he heard. She was whistling something to herself and then she fell asleep. He remembers this melody. You know who it is, right, that fell asleep next to him. It's Minnie. And the, the whole book he's trying to get in touch with Minnie. And the thing that Goofy found was an unpublished Shakespeare manuscript. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to give him massive fortune, and so he won't have to work ever again. But all the storylines dovetail into the same thing. The person that wanted the, the the manuscript is Mr. Blockbuster from Shooting Star Studios. And so Mickey's story meshes with Goofy's story, meshes with Pluto's story, and then um, Mickey rewrites the script where Pluto is a uh, an astronaut. And it's neat because the the actual story that Mickey's writing is represented by, uh, it's in just shades of red and dot pattern and moiré patterns. And that, you know, differentiates it between the full-color main narrative. So Mickey's an astronaut and this dog Fifi is stranded on Pluto and Mickey goes to, to rescue her, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is very different than Mickey's Craziest Adventures. This is more in line with what I talked about was it last week? The Godfreyton and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's more like this. Um, it's pie-eyed Mickey. It's not pupil Mickey, but the way cozy draws Mickey, he puts the ears a little too far down on Mickey's head, so it's oh. no. It's it's neat to see, but it's different. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you, you, you immediately can tell like those ears are in the wrong spot, man. But it's not ugly and it's not off-putting um and it, it, the, the the drawing style is not like Godfredson. this is very loose and mm-hmm. and very free uh i loved everything about this book um mickey there's a mention of oswald rabbit in here do your disney history you'll know who oswald mm-hmm. rabbit is um and then we get the the whole thing at the end where many names may, uh, Pluto. She's like Rover. That's a shitty name for a dog. Why don't have a dog named Rover? Every dog's named Rover. She's like, I'm going to call him Pluto. So it's like it's a it's a historical piece, and it's a mystery. Um, at one point, Mickey has to keep going back and forth to the studio to, to bring his scripts because they didn't have email then, and um, the train. There's there's a, a huge bridge. And then you see this this little um, lake down the bottom, and there's a, a ramshackle boat on the lake. And who lives in that? But Donald Duck, and he keeps getting pissed off, double D, because the he's only in it for like three panels in the whole story. But the, it's like a running gag. The train comes by, wakes Donald up. He pulls out the shotgun, starts shooting at the the train, and it's like it. You know, it, it's cute that they they managed to get Donald in here when he doesn't really have any bearing on the story. Um, I loved it. oversized Mickey um album these these are the lifeblood man. Nice, dude. It's beautifully colored. it's not it's there's no um, full process or blends in most of it. It's just flat color, but mm-hmm. the color seems to have a little bit of a watercolory effect like okay, they're not solids. There's there's variation within the color, but it's not a blend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, this is not computer colored. Um, in fact, if you look close at it, there's a texture to some of the color. Maybe he colored these on like Arches watercolor paper. I don't know. Um, it looks great, and it's very very French. If you've seen any French comics, there's a it's all done in pen. There's no brush at all. Wow. Yeah, so the line the line really? yeah, no brush. Mhm. Huh. It's it's different and it's great. Uh mm-hmm. the line quality is very cool because it's not um there's a lot of human interaction in the line. Like some of the lines waver. Uh you could tell that it was a human hand that pulled the pen. It's not Adobe Illustrator. None of the lines are perfectly straight or, you know, there's Within the thickness of the line, there's a variation to it. It's really nicely done. And uh, I can't get enough of it. Hmm. Yep. They're
0: doing a nice job with
1: those. You know, they are. I, I can't speak to the. I mean, I've read some of the IDW Disney Monthlies. They're good. Mm-hmm. and But this is like the prestige book, obviously, because it was sure. published in a hardcover. So this is a different series. These are the ones that really – like this and Mickey's Craziest Adventure. I love these books because they're yeah. hardcover. You can read them to kids. There's a, there's a, a mystery in it. Um, there's one part where the train Mickey's on passes by this wrecked car and you don't – like why would the, the artist do a wrecked car in silhouette in the foreground? It doesn't make any sense. But like 20 pages later, you find out why. So there's a – Payoff in this thing for uh, very attentive readers. It's fun, it's engaging, Mm -hmm. and it's not—you don't have to read anything else. This is the story, self-contained in this book. Boom, you're done. It's so worthwhile. Give me more. I suppose
0: you guys didn't have a chance to read either Department H, number eleven, or Ether, number four.
1: No, but I did get caught up on Department H. Uh,
0: so what, through 10? Yes. Okay.
1: Speak I on it. I still have no idea who d- could possibly do this. I have, li- I don't have a single idea. Do you? Mm. Could it be obvious? Like, is it Q? No, I don't think so. Who do you think it is? I'm not sure myself. There haven't been a whole lot of clues, right? All we know no. is that her father was found alone,
0: murdered. Well, we know that they all have motive, but they also are all unbelievably loyal to him. Well,
1: that's the thing; they all have motive too, and it's like uh, I, 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 don't have this. And you know me in murder mysteries; I, I'm, I'm not the shadow. Like I'm not going to pick out the person. What if she did it? I don't see how that could be possible. I
0: don't either, especially because she's just photographic memory, but maybe that's I don't know maybe that's the conceit hmm, I really don't know. I don't know that's what's part of the fun I'm along for the ride. I just don't know
1: he does have me hooked I like the yeah. more I like the more fantastic elements of it like when when they go down to that trench, mm-hmm. see that that's the, those are the things that stand out in this story to me more than. The murder mystery, like the murder mystery, is secondary for me, mm-hmm. but it's the whole undersea kingdom and the the dangers inherent in being there, and the the like those creatures that every issue has a, a a page or two before the story that you know the entomology of or the 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 biology of these creatures that he invents for these that I, I mean I love that because then it, that pushes it into sci-fi. Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah. Where,
1: it could, about or it could just be like a, a standard murder. It would function very well as a standard murder mystery, but there's more to it than that. David, who, well, do there you, definitely is. who do you think did
2: it? I'll let you know when I catch up. I'm a couple issues behind.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, like in the, yeah, because it's, I don't remember if it's the ninth or 10th, but we kind of get that. She's, she's trapped in a little room with the homeboy with no legs.
1: Yeah, and the water's rising
0: and he's kind of breaking down the history of each of them with her dad making the case for why each of them couldn't be the murderer like how they loved him and stuff and um you know it's fascinating cuz you know like you said someone's got to someone had to have done it right and
1: and and they all have a reason other than Jerome i don't think Jerome has had a lot of reasons he's just nuts
0: which so maybe maybe there's your answer
1: right but like the, the I, if i had to pick someone who did it I would say it would be um, Lily. Yeah, because I mean, that's um She's the least likable. She is, but she's she's Mia's childhood friend, and she also had a romantic con- connection. Yeah, I. I it's it's and he's going to wrap it up soon. I mean, there's not many issues left. Uh, maybe we maybe
2: twenty four issues. Yes, yeah. we're halfway there. I mean, we still have a half to go.
1: Right, but I mean, a twenty four issue run.
0: That's not a whole lot. No, but we just... I mean, you've read through 10, I've read through 11, so we still have a, over a year worth of story to tell. Yeah. I mean, it's not the five-year epic like my management was, but... No.
1: That went on for five years? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Close six six it. trades, or six yep. collections, yeah. No, it's great stuff, and... um, I think it's it's the the thing for me is like the containment suit, that's awesome. The design on that mm-hmm. thing is is just beautiful. We didn't get a whole lot of that in mind management. No, that's right. It's true. This is him like stretching. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh it's great. Well he's very creative. He likes to try different things, you know?
1: Like that Valiant. <laughs> I didn't read any Valiant this week. I didn't either. But I did notice that for that divinity,
0: uh, but Rog last week I I didn't have any stored up.
1: I noticed that Britannia is getting another miniseries.
0: Is that good? Bad?
1: No, that's. I think it's great. But I'm at a loss. I mean, I may be ignoring the obvious or overlooking Mm -hmm. the obvious, but that I don't see how Britannia ties into the Valiant universe. That's what I've been saying. Other than, other than it could be the Vestal Virgins that lead to the Geomancers. Right. That's the only thing I could think of. hmm I mean, other than it being just a really well-written, well-drawn story, it it doesn't, it never really clicked. Like, it's not explicit. They don't say, okay, Vestal Virgins, and they they groom that, that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that one woman that latches on to um, Antonius, whatever his name is, the the first detective, and and she's a, a witchy woman. That's the only path that would lead me to ever believe that she gives rise to the geomancers. That's it. Like, I, there's nothing else. And yet it's published by Valiant. I, I don't understand how it all ties in. If mm. any If anyone out there knows more than me – or, you know, just please chime in on the Facebook page or the, uh, yeah, because it just doesn't, it's not clicking. That's what Dave is saying. David was saying that. Ah, but no one listens to me. I always listen to you. I want no. to listen to more.
2: No, if i read something this week. Wow. I know. I know.
1: You know, the, um, I, I'm consciously trying to, Throw art and stuff on my Facebook page because mm-hmm. I got I have to be totally honest. Facebook is a drag lately.
2: Sure,
1: because mm. it's all it's all doom and gloom. It's all bad shit. Well, but if you try and escape the bad shit, like like my, my wife, my wife who's a very very smart woman, she said to me tonight, "What's this travel ban thing?" I'm like, "What? Wait, what? Yes, Oh, wow." I said. Do, you you don't check out any news? You don't – like no one on your Facebook has mentioned this? And she's like, no. I'm like, wow, you live in a wow. bubble. Like that's – Must be nice. Yeah, she doesn't – she didn't know what it was. And she is like a 100 times smarter than I am. She just – she's insulated wow. from all this stuff. Well, I don't know about that, but all right, 99. I, and I and part of me envy, envies her because she has no idea. What's going on? That is cray, dude. I know.
0: That's bananas. Absolutely bananas. Um, well, but I posted a cool thing of a dad and his daughter boxing and then the daughter you, wrecked
1: it. It you, was awesome. Yes. You did. You did.
0: Let's talk about Legion, dude. Go ahead. All right. Well, I thought it might be – so Legion is the new show on FX – it is, uh, I guess along with, uh, powerless, probably we're at a period now where we're getting some very, um, orthogonal superhero tie-in Ooh. shows. I mean, I don't think Legion would be on the short list of, of characters that would be most likely to get a TV show in most people's minds. Um, but nevertheless, we, we got it. And, um, so for our listeners who don't know who Legion is. Um, in the comics, Legion is the son of Charles Xavier and
1: anyone? McTaggart. No. Oh no. Mm-mm. What? Nope.
0: <laughs> His name is <laughs> David Howler.
1: Oh, okay. Who's who's the mother? Gabrielle Howler. Ga- I thought her. I was thinking Amanda, but Gabrielle. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, Xavier uh hooks up with Gabrielle Haller, she gets pregnant, he never she never tells him, so Xavier doesn't know he has a son. Um and David Haller ends up being not only an omega-class mutant, and some argue the most powerful mutant, or at least up there with Franklin Richards, is arguably the most powerful mutant. Um, but he also is a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorder. And um It's uh that's a situation, you know, you, you, you you give, you give someone with godlike powers, uh, a massive mental illness like that. And it, it, uh, it becomes a problem. Um, so he, um, over the history of the comics, I mean, he's been both an ally and a villain, but I, I think given the massive mental illness he deals with, he's better as a villain, I think, um. Because he's so dangerous he's it's always very sketchy when he's on the side of the good because you know he's just a, 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 he's, a, he's a mental break away from snapping and becoming a problem again but uh, but he in essence is an Omega level mental telepath he can do almost anything and the cool thing about him is that uh, every power he can he every personality that he manifests has a different superpower and at different times over his history, he's had more control. Like, and there was a, a run a few years ago, X-Men legacy, where he was the main character. And, uh, he actually had like technology a wristband that allowed him to manifest his powers, almost like Ben 10 style without having his personality change. But generally throughout his history, he's, his powers have been tied to his personalities and he's had, I mean, he, he literally can do almost anything the right, with the right manifestation. But the problem is, uh, different personalities, um, have different moral compasses as well. So like his three main, main personalities are a guy named Jack. Who's the telekinetic, um, a girl named Cindy. Who's the pyrokinetic fire starter and, uh, Karami. Who's the, when he's a telepath, but he's done everything from take powers away, teleport. He can manipulate matter like a molecule man at times. He can time travel, he can uh, be super strong. He can be invulnerable. So he can do almost anything, He's, which is neat. You can tell a lot of cool stories with that. Um, but uh, um, I would say he's probably most famous, I guess, for Legion Quest and then creating Age of Apocalypse, yeah. which is uh, you know certainly a, an alternate – I think one of the more successful uh, periods in, in mutant history when they do an alternate future. Um I was always a big AOA fan, as I know you guys were, Vince, you especially. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's – he's and at some point, I should say, I mean, needless to say, at some point, Charles Xavier comes to realize that he is uh, David's son because he, he goes in to stop him from committing, you know, atrocity, and he reads his mind and sees that he's his son. Um, and then I think, Vince, the reason you think you, you got confused and thought he was Mora's son is because they bring – David to uh, Mora and um, Muir Island, where she helps him train and, and deal with his mental issues. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you watch this show? Do they ever say that this is Professor Xavier's son? Or- no.
0: So yeah. So, so the TV show is 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 um, it's a ninety-minute episode, but um, maybe like ten minutes of it or a John Wick trailer at the end. Whoa, really? Yeah, so no. it's like, so it's, let's say it's like 80 minutes of TV, but,
2: um, no, very they, few they, commercial interruptions. Though.
0: Yeah, right, that is true. It's, it's pretty much like a movie. Um, well, let's see, they, they don't, they acknowledge he's a mutant, um, and you get the Marvel logo, but, but other than that, I mean, it's quite possible many people watching this have no idea that he's being referred to as a mutant, meaning like Marvel mutant, right? Like, I don't know that a lot of the audience is going to, hear that word and immediately connect it to a certain type of character like we would. Um, although they do say he's a mutant, um, uh, it's super trippy. I mean, it's like twin peaks era trippy. And come on now. No, it is dude. Because the cool thing is, is, you know, he's a paranoid schizophrenic and, you know, again, as you guys know in the comics, a lot of times he'll have dozens of personalities hanging out in his head and he'll interact with them. And, and, and in this TV show, the legion you don't know or he doesn't know the reality keeps changing it 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 it's very fluid it goes from there's lots of different realities going on all at once and you don't know which one's real and which one isn't he doesn't know which one's real and which one isn't um and that's that's part of the conceit you're not sure what's really going on which which are manifestations of his per- persona which are real characters what's what has happened what is 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 not happening but they're conditioning him to think is happening because they're trying to control him it's it's a whole thing um I, I won't get into it but uh in terms of spoilers but i will say that there are other powered people um that were made aware of there is a there is an interesting allusion to another well-known marvel mutant um Logan no i'm guessing i'm guessing it's it's i could be totally wrong here because it's a, just a minor glimpse but i'm thinking it might be Wolfsbane. they they're they're they have the government has him under under surveillance and they're trying to get some information out of him and but he's so dangerous that they have all these monitors and they're Ever, they're they're nonstop on the trigger finger of maybe take, trying to take him out. Like there's all these contingency backup plans for if his heart rate goes up, if he gets up from the table, all these things. And um at one point, the the, the big bad government boss man operative is sit, sitting in a chair and watching a, the video screen of their interview, and and in the corner is a cage, a dog like a dog crate. Yeah, and it's it's got like a red backlit thing, and you hear this growl, and they. Show you a shadow of a of a of a dog like it could be a dog. I mean, it looks almost like a wolf. So that's why I don't know if it's Wolf Spain, but I'm betting it's Rain, and I'm betting they have her as another operative of like whatever this group is, whether it's Weapon X or it's just some other ambiguous government agency. But that would be cool. I would love that if that's true. I, but but I, I they don't call her by name. They don't show her. It's just this this either dog like person or dog or wolf like person that that's that's in a cage. It's clearly one of their safety backup mechanisms for him. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's a fascinating show. I don't know how to say it either way. It's, it's, I, I think it's wonderfully well done because you're in the mind of a paranoid schizophrenic, but it's also so jumpy and so twisty and, and uh, so nonlinear that I, I, I wonder if there's a big enough mainstream audience for this. Or if people are going to watch this episode and just be like, what the ever-loving fuck and step off. I, I don't know. I really don't know.
2: Uh, it's on FX. They, they, they gave you American Horror Story and Taboo. Mm-hmm. And, True. and so, True. I mean, I think that there's enough with the... I think just like people run... I know all about the Marvel movies that they're going to see that because it's got the name on it. I think FX brings something to the table. It's also mm-hmm. um, one, of the, one of the people who are behind the show... Uh, also brought Fargo to FX. So if any fans of that creator, um, if the TV world has groupies, but just you know, the fans who follow people behind the scenes to other shows that might play a mm-hmm. part in it. I think, um, I don't, I don't want to say, well, oh, it'll be a sleeper hit or someone will say, you know, it's on when they Netflix it. Like, Why did anybody tell me when it was on? I think there will be, um, because it is on FX and they tend to do the whole uh repeat things throughout the week before the next episode, that might help. But um, I think everybody in it is just pretty much really good at what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I, I like Dan Stevens. I like the as Matthew Crawley, and and I, I was happy to see him attached to it. A Plaza from Parks and Recreation. Wait, and, is that who and, that is? Wait, Legion is
0: Matthew Crawley. Yeah, dude, that's where I know him from. <laughs> he's much skinnier in this. He um, is. He, he is. Yeah. yeah, but that makes so much sense because he's so
2: familiar, and I couldn't place him.
0: There you go. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's um, nice.
2: I thought. No, I think everybody in it is is just uh, as far as. The interaction we've seen with everybody so far, but I mean, it, the his whole thing- sister
0: was in the league, which I, I don't think you guys watched, but but uh, but yeah, she she was great in the league. She was, you know, it's a comedy,
2: so oh, that's okay. All right, yeah. um, yeah, she came to visit him at uh, was gonna give him a cupcake for his birthday. That was, um, yeah, some of it though is it's you're not quite sure what the timeline is like because they're very early on, they're dressed in in. 60s type clothing and right. That's right. The scenery is like 70s, but then when he's at the table, um, being interrogated for lack of a better word, when Homeboy opens up his binder, it's very electronic, and and the image mm-hmm. of uh, of David yeah. in the binder flickers, and and it's it's almost like it's a tablet with the cover. It was just it, it, yeah. It's in the sense it's kind of like Gotham where it's it's they're not trying to show you. Um, iPhones or newer cars or, you know, everybody's got a rotary phone. They're just trying to make it so that it's not dependent on any sort of, right. of uh, um, I, I thought where it ended, um, w- really got me amped to see the second episode. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the whole thing with the, um, with being attacked and and fighting back and, and the one mutant who just flicking people around and... and, and Dude, like a, like like flies, right? <laughs> he's just... He's flying shit. He's moving huge boulders
0: and... Um, but, like, with but, no trouble, Vince. Like, he's just, like, literally, like, making dudes fly, like, miles. Like, like like when they come near him, he's just, like...
2: He flicks his hand and they just literally go fly. Um... Yeah. Yeah, but from a distance. It's not like he, they don't even have to get close. He just has to... As long as you're in your line of sight or he's aware of you. Um it's it it's gonna happen, and then uh it's just yeah it it is like you said it, it it's trippy I, the whole um the one part that really just I had to rewind it and and I'm still unclear is when he leaves the institution, mm-hmm. she leaves the institution and she's at the cafe, and the waitress walks away. And it's him. And I'm like, what the, I, so because everything, it's part of it, I'm talking up to listen, it's we're in his head or it's all just insane and, and things are going to make sense as we go along. But that, that was the only part that I was really like, how did that? Cause I thought we were maybe just, we were seeing him and everybody else was going to see her. Right. That's not how that happened. And I was like, that's, that's 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 throwing me off a little bit, but overall, um, just the conversation he has, and and especially the whole thing with the titties. I just I I, I really had that titties. I, yeah, it's <laughs> this, this conversation with titties, but it's it's just no, it it was it was really good. I, I it,
0: what we're saying is there's a girl that's also in the mental hospital with him that he falls in love with, um, but. He, you're not sure, he's not sure, is that one of his personalities? Did he make her up? Did he not? Um, Uh. And then, like, to David's point, we think we get the answer at the end. I mean, we think there's a pretty clear answer, but then that one scene he's referring to does kind of beg the question of if that's true, then how could that scene have taken place? So I still think there's a chance that she's a figment of his imagination, but or a part of his personality, but I, I don't... but I'm leaning the other way.
2: Especially since, I mean, that you had the the door, everybody was sealed behind. Yeah. The doors were missing. Everybody sealed in their rooms. Um, But you see him on the other side of the wall screaming because they, and and like, and and the commercials kind of gave it away as well, where Mm -hmm. they, um, they they ended up switching places and, um, but she She, she does exist, even if you know she she existed in his head. Yeah. Initially in the institution, they she does exist because of what happens at the at the end of the episode. So, mm-hmm. um, she she's almost she's almost rogue like, um, which is all I'll say about that. But it's it was um, but better than the rogue from the movies. Um, but no, I I didn't know what to expect just because it. it when I think of the characters to make TV shows about, uh, professor X's kid wasn't really high on my list. So I was like, right. That's just, they're kind of free to do whatever they want. Um, but you know, props to them right when the episode ends, there's a huge created by a Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz, um, Mm -hmm. placard. So, I mean, it's, it's, and it's, you know, in association with Marvel, not not necessarily with with the Marvel Netflix or, or ABC Studios, but you know they're aware of the Marvel connection, probably as much as Fox has with uh, with Marvel and, and the X Men movies, and that's, which is probably why this is on FX because they just they they still have the rights to those characters. So, um, yeah, I think if, if you were on the fence, if you weren't sure about it, definitely give it a shot. I mean, it's it's. It's crazy, but um, it, it's not just flashing stuff in front of your face for for, for the sake right. of being nuts. And and it, there's, I'm confident we're we're building to something that that will have a a pretty sweet payoff.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's exactly it's not going to just be like dude in a mental hospital for a bunch of time. It's like it's going to be lots of seemingly lots of mutants and. Mutants versus the government and it's gonna be neat. Yes. Cool. And, th- and there's some visual aesthetics that they do a really great job with. Like it's like in the in the in the mental hospital, um, you know, he's interacting with all these other people, and you get the sense that at least some of them are his personalities, but the costumes are all subtle takeoffs on what he's wearing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like he's wearing a Brown, like, like Nike or Adidas jumpsuit jacket, uh, like, like, like sweatshirt, and then blue striped jumpsuit pants, and then there's a girl that's like his homegirl, she's got, you know, a similar, she's got a red shirt on, t shirt on, but she's got like a similar jacket, and then in the background there's like this Indian dude, and he's got a brown, He's got a similar brown shirt on. Then the girl that he's in love with has got a reverse set of clothing. She's got a blue top and, and the the brown pants and it's, so it's very interesting the way that they title together. The doctor, like his psychiatrist has got the same color brown suit on. So, you know, you get the sense that a lot of this is just a manifestation in his mind. It's neat the way they do that visually.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So really well done. Well directed. And as I said, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't be at all surprised if lots of people watch this because it's a superhero TV show and then are like, what in the hell is this? And, and Bounce, I mean, I wouldn't... It's it's definitely, you know, not a mainstream show, at least not not completely. So hopefully it has enough of an audience that we get, uh, you know, we get a good season or time of it.
1: I think the surreal content is going to make me check it out.
0: That's what I was saying.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. but you know what where the X-Men lose me all the time is when you have a government official <laughs> embarking on the crusade to to eradicate or legislate against mutants. Every time that pops up in the book, that's where they lost me. Like I would I would still buy it, but I wouldn't read X-Men for chunks of issues because of that that whole, you know, the struggle with the the mutant thing and the Somebody you know has is on their pulpit. Mutants are bad. Like that loses man every time. Well, I
0: can't say that that's definitely going to happen, but we saw enough in terms of uh, the way that the show ended that it, it that may be a part of this this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say it's not. So be prepared for that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's X Men stock and trade, right? Yeah. So, all right. What else do we have?
0: Oh, I think that's it for me, dude. I don't. Yeah, you're spent. No, I just don't. I really have. That's all I read. I mean, really.
1: <laughs> why? Why is that laughing? He you spent. Like, spent. Oh, a lot. Oh, out of had our, speaking of spent. My and your travels. Uh, yeah, ties into that. Oh, yeah. we go. see, it's conceptually. Uh, Walking Dead coming back this week. About damn time. <laughs> Let's hope that this arc is better than the last arc. I really enjoyed it much more than you did. I don't I don't have a problem it with it. It started off strong. The vegan um, stuff. Yeah, slamming. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. it just went downhill from there. You're tough, man. You're a tough nut. I am tough. You know who else is tough to beat? Discount Comic Book oh. Service. DCBService.com, where you can get your funny books and get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of the cover price. Remember... Uh, from Dark Horse, Aliens, Dead Orbit Number One, James Stoko on this, uh, ninety nine, From Image, Plastic, Number One of Five, again, $1.99. And from Oni Press, Motro, Trade Paperback Volume One, Ulysses Farinas, Eric Fritas, Ryan Hill. It looks great. I ordered it already, so should you. DCBService.com. In your travels, Ensuring that we get the image tag for this episode, I have read the trade paperback of The Discipline. Now, this, mm-hmm. this may have um, snuck under everybody's radar when it first came out. Um, it is written by Peter Milligan, illustrated by Leando Fernandez, and the color art is by Chris Peter who is the uh, evil twin of Kiss's famous drummer. It's a very dirty, dirty story. And Milligan even semi-apologizes for that fact in the introduction. He's like, this is a filthy book. There's a lot of sex in this book. There's a lot of nudity in this book. But it's not gratuitous for gratuitousness' sake. I mean, there's a point to the sex in this book. You mm-hmm. have you have two groups of beings. Uh, one called the discipline, and their foes are called the stalkers. Um, mm-hmm. And they're they're at war for ages. Um, and the way a discipline member gets initiated, the way that they come to fruition and let that creature out, is by there's a vetting process and. It is sexual in nature; they have to be pushed emotionally physically um mentally over the brink, and that releases something that allows this bestial alien like um, other self to come out like there's a woman in this book named Melissa Peak she's married you know she she her husband is very successful mm-hmm. and because of that, she spends most of her days just um lounging around, going to, to museums. She's bored, right? The mm-hmm. husband works a lot. She's sexually unfulfilled because hubby's too busy trying to be successful to pay her very much attention. In steps Orlando. This an- Orlando. El- Orlando, this androgynous guy. Very pretty, but not so much male pretty. There's a female male component to the way he looks and and he latches onto her immediately she's she's in the museum looking at goyas painting of venus mm-hmm. and the satyr seder. and um that's that's a very sexual painting you got this big wolf satyr being creature you know sexing up a woman and the stopgap is released and she gets into his um clutches and and he just bangs her out over, over, you know, leads up to him banging her out. When he does, mm-hmm. she becomes this. Have you seen Prometheus? Right, mm-hmm. the xenomorph at the end, the very slick kind of head, arced, You know, she right. she's, she she's human esque, but there's some of that xenomorph in her too. Okay, and, and she so she becomes discipline, and the discipline can commune with the older ancient discipline members they they in, they get this needle claw like needle thing and they they inject their eyeball with what looks like absinthe it's green so i'm just thinking okay. it, it looks like absinthe and they go into this other consciousness where they can commune with these elders like and wherever the elders are at the time ancient rome like their the way they speak conforms to their location it's really cool long story short the stalkers do much the same they recruit people but they aren't as um, they take a slightly different approach they inhabit the bodies they they suck the life form out of they can jump into bodies and they're bestial in nature it's a really good book but it is filthy man and um, I'm surprised Jason didn't pick up on Excuse me, uh,
0: I I was unaware of
1: this. But the art, this Leandro Fernandez, if yeah, you, uh, if he, you didn't know better, you would think it was Eduardo Rizzo.
2: He drew a bunch of uh, Punishers.
1: Yeah, and X Factor too, right? Oh, really? I feel like so, right? But I mean, there is full frontal in this. It's both full frontal it. nudity or nudity. Both, both. <laughs> there, right. There's a. There's, I only have half that. No, there's a bondage um element to it i mean it's very violent mm-hmm. it's very sexual but um i like i don't know if this book is coming back but at the end i mean it's open-ended
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i'm hoping that it does it's it's i loved it but i love i mean it's horror it's and it's it's very sexual so this is right up my alley um i think jason you would you really like this and the trade was sounds on, like it the trade was five bucks Nice. yeah image you know there's some sleepers that image if you dig mm hmm They're digging them crates and the discipline is one of them I think the discipline all right yeah I might have to get up on it no safe words in this there's, mm. there's no safe words I mean it's a very
0: a fitting time for you to review this with uh with um the next uh part two of the uh the, Fifty Shades um, of Grey. Fifty Shades coming out. Yeah, yeah I didn't, <laughs> see, I didn't <laughs> see the first one. Nor have I. But
1: I have no desire. A lot of
0: dudes them. are loving it because their wives are going to come home randy's.
1: But oh yeah, yeah. The, well that was the thing when the books were coming out, right? There was a little, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you very much.
2: DTF around around the the world. pages.
1: Yeah, I don't need that kind of kind of. <laughs> <laughs> <Speak> for yourself. <laughs>
2: You're looking at there preview were, uh, pages of this? No, there were. I remember now that I've I've seen the cover. I remember seeing preview pages from in some of the older um.
1: Yeah, that's Melissa image books when, they, the were, cover. Yeah,
2: when they were. Yeah, when they were
1: She's cute. Real, real small breasts. I mean, she's not. This isn't Power Girl. You know the 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 bodies in this book are very very real, men and women. And it even goes back to Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. So there's a historical hook to this book, too.
2: You're all about the history tonight.
1: Not really. Nice. It, you know, seeing Cleopatra all bent over and naked.
2: It works. Naked.
1: It works. Naked. Yep. Well, uh, what do you have? Uh,
2: damn. Um, you can suggest something. I'm going to suggest something. Because other, than, I, other than comics, if you wanted to. Like a TV no, show. No, it'll be it'll well we we're, we're already telling them to check out Legion. Um I'm probably gonna watch Flash when we're done tonight. Um Maybe I'll get to see passengers this weekend. I'll um So good. I'm gonna say well I have I have two issues of moonshine Noreen, but I'm going mm-hmm. to suggest
1: thanks to Jason, I ordered that trade this month. Nice. Yeah.
2: Um, Since I did not read The Batman and the Outsiders Prologue setting up this Justice League of America Rebirth Mm -hmm. I am going to read this Justice League of America Rebirth number one issue Um, (laughs) I have it too I didn't read it yet Just just to see if I am missing Or if I I lose anything By not Mm -hmm. reading the the setup leading up to it. I mean I I it's Batman and it's Lobo. So I should be Right. All excite for it. But um All excite. I I <laughs> there's there's also the Adam. Yeah. And there's Black Canary. And I did see I, I saw one panel where there's an exchange between Black Canary and Lobo and um and, and she's kind of uh emasculating Lobo a little bit by by mentioning that Batman has him on a leash, and and a choke chain is mentioned, so it looked pretty clever. But um, I'm still not sold on this this particular version of Black Canary. So we'll see if I um, warm up to her uh, with this. But Vixen's also in it, um, yeah. And and this, this hilarious this, this, this racist, so, and this new uh, and the new Ray, who after his introduction, hopefully. The, the, there'll be something a little bit more to him in this issue and is that killer frost Vince? it is okay so yeah so that's um
1: fresh out who, of justice league suicide
2: squad isn't see? that isn't that odd how that happens it's, it's, it's like i should have read that. um who who's uh doing a bang up job on uh in the flash tv show but the um yeah and it's it's uh written by steve rolando and your uh, ace is your penciler, um, Joe Prado and Aclaire Albert, are your anchors. So it's it should be very attractive. Um But yeah, that's
1: it is attractive. You know I'm looking through my, it now.
2: My, my, did, did your travels is something that I can't recommend to say that I've read it, so you should enjoy it. But we'll all. Go along for the ride together. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I really don't. I don't like Vixen at all. Ever seen it? Ever or just ever? Never. No, never. I've I've never liked Vixen. why is that? Because it's an obvious cop on Wolverine. Even the costume. (laughs) No, the obvious cop is Timberwolf. Yeah, such a filthy mouth.
2: (laughs) All right, dude.
1: Y'all, y'all are crazy. Timberwolf, y'all are
2: nuts. <laughs> I bought that Joe Phillips mini series too because it, it he drew the character pretty sweet. Hell yeah! Right?
1: I like can right. man.
2: Says the guy that that read Lee's
1: Volume Two last week. Oh, so good. Wait. <laughs> what? It's it was so good. So good. <laughs> You don't understand, bro. Just you don't talking. even know, dude. You, you don't, don't even know. You don't get the He's, Larfleys. That's okay. You, know what?
0: you don't even know. All right. In your travels, um, start reading, if you haven't already, two wonderful graphic novels. Two? Two, yes, two. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? Why you don't step on me, dude? Damn. Uh, The First by (laughs) Image Comics. Please, no steppy. Go ahead. Story by Santiago Garcia. Ooh, what is this? Art by Mr.
1: David Rubin. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. No, I know. That meant I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Santiago Garcia and
0: David Rubin unite to bring forward the myth of Beowulf. Yes, they do. It's uh, now. This is this is not going to be eligible for my favorite OGN because it is a reprint of a work they did in, I believe, Spain, um, a few years ago. But uh, given David Rubin's rising, rising star, they translated it into the English and uh, put it out this month. Um, but uh, nevertheless, it is a sight to behold. And uh, and you all need to get up on it with quickness.
1: I thought we were going to read this for next week. We are. I'm, oh, I'm telling people. Okay. In your travels, get on it. hmm Okay. Gotcha. And then... You're the very stern other... with me this week.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> trying to keep you on track. That's the safe word? And it for? then the other one I need you to read, which is by Dark Horse. With a forward by Mr. John Arcudi.
1: Mm, Given him a lot of
0: love. The writers, are Herman Melville.
1: I know him. And Christophe Chaboutet. Ooh.
0: With art by Christophe Chaboutet. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about. Chabute. Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Which I am beside myself with glee.
1: I think you know what the intro song for next week is going to be. This dick? Oh, Moby Dick, 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 Dick. Oh nice, okay. Led Zeppelin. Oh, I didn't even know they had a song. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
2: Dude. I don't know if I
0: can know I can be
1: friends with you anymore.
0: <laughs> Dude, I know very little about Zeppelin.
1: Really? MC Cokehead does not know Moby Dick. Dick. <laughs> MC Cokehead?
0: How <laughs> racist are both of you? <laughs> this is an elderly gentleman at this point. And he's not a coke kid. I mean he smoked a little weed in his day by his own admission, but, but who hasn't?
1: Damn. Cochla
0: Rock. No, oh, and one other thing. Um in your travels, because speaking of this, uh the reason I said I was Cochla Rock this more uh this intro is because Netflix put out a four part documentary called The Evolution of Hip Hop. Uh, I saw by, that, yeah. By Shadrach is the uh, is the the, uh, pro- the 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 man behind it, the interviewer, the producer. Um, it's amazing! It's amazing. If if uh, if you're at all a fan of hip hop and the history of it, and it's certainly in the same uh, in like the same sphere of influence as uh, as Hip Hop Family Tree, um, mm-hmm. but. Shadrach has just amazing he, he gets interviews with with a, an amazing number of the of the most influential people in, in the early hip hop scene and uh and it's presented in a really balanced way. Like, for example, when they tell the story of uh of the Sugar Hill Gang, they don't pull any punches that most of the other great MCs and DJs at the time thought it was a total sellout piece of shit. Um or the fact that many credit DJ Hollywood as being one of the first big MCs. But a lot of the OGs think that's bullshit because he rapped over disco and hip hop was in their minds, a direct, um, uh, reaction, reaction to disco, right. Yeah. To be different than disco. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, they, they, they don't pull any punches and, um, but, it, and it's very, it's, it's four episodes, but it's very concise. And, uh, I would say the first two episodes are, are, are particularly engaging, and only I only say that because um, it's where it gets into the real roots of hip hop, and then it kind of jumps into the stuff that probably is more familiar to people because it's to the point when hip hop becomes really popular, and you, you know you get the you get the obligatory Run DMC and the Public Enemy, and then and then you get the fourth episode. The first three episodes, understandably, focus on the New York scene, and then the third, the fourth, and and uh, final episode of season one goes to the west coast and you you get a sense of of how the west coast hip-hop scene started and uh you know you got uh you got M C eight and ice t and ice cube and uh it's, it's great man it's just it's obviously a subject near and dear to my heart but um but i thought it was really well produced well well paced i i put one on randomly the other day because um, it was in my queue of things to watch and i ended up sitting and watching all four for four hours i, I didn't I went to bed at like 2 in the morning. I couldn't put it down. so
1: um, What's the, highly recommend. the
0: name of this thing? Uh, the Evolution of Hip Hop. And it's each of the things is dubbed Season 1, Episode 1 through 4, so I'm really hopeful that we're going to get more, although I don't know that anything's been officially announced yet.
1: Now, is there a hyphen between hip and hop? Generally, there is. Okay. Cool. So.
0: Look at you, double checking the grammar for the show notes.
1: I always do. You demand. That's right. Yep. Next week, Richard Corbin. What? Yeah, I got Richard Corbin for next week. He's our special guest. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> no, I got a Corbin book for next week. <clears throat> oh, nice. I guess he's he's getting to be like Ditko, like he he'll answer people, but he's kind of elusive and doesn't really make many appearances. And mm-hmm. so yeah, he'd be tough. Oh, I would love to get Corbin. Oh, my God, don't all get giddy at the prospect. Well, oh, it's your dude, and it's my dude. It's not my dude. We got we dude. we got things in our pocket that are going to surprise you.
0: So we do. We got someone in the fourth chair next week, so. So, Raph, rest in peace. Yeah. Enjoy your Facebook jail. Don't listen to next week's episode.
1: He's in jail again? He's in jail again. Oh,
0: dude, in, in less than 24 hours.
1: What the hell? And you get in Facebook jail because you post something that's inappropriate?
0: I guess. I,
1: I, How I honestly, hard is it not to... I, I did not know that Facebook jail existed. Until oh, I knew that. that, yeah. Because Tim Vigil gets bounced all the time yeah well come on tim (laughs) there you go there you go but no i i why would raf post something that would he knows is going to get i think he's got to want to get in facebook jail at this point like that's his thing i'm in jail again i do not know strange strange customs
0: totally dude
1: all right hey everybody Thank you for being here with us, um, yet again. MC, uh, Coke Fiend, thanks you. We all thanks thank you. <laughs> we all thank you. And as always, say good night.
2: David. Wow. That was quick this week. Wasn't it?
1: Good night.
0: you no, way too quick.
1: David. Wait, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but dead air it upsets me. Yes. When nobody says oh, it. Oh, yeah. It just bothers me. And yeah, if a little bit um, of an inside peek, when David and I did bullpen bulletins, the reasons, one of the reasons why, other than my laziness, that the episodes would come out so infrequently was because I would edit every chunk of Dead Air out. Like, I would physically go in and just delete every... Yeah, that's every, just crazy. It is. It is. It's nuts. But... And... and um, so it also worked against us work with no it also worked against us because it doesn't make for very natural sounding dialogue you could tell it's been altered I don't know why I did it and I don't do it anymore often yeah. so so yeah come back if you um, liked what you heard leave us a review at the uh, the iTunes or something similar and we'll be here waiting for you hmm Yeah. Every time you say Flash, I hear ah, in my head. The goddamn Queen thing. Mm-hmm. It's been that way since that stupid record came out. And I hate it. But yeah. I oh You didn't like that movie? I didn't dislike the movie. I really hate the soundtrack. I think mm-hmm. I think the the the, <laughs> the the stuff that Queen did for that movie is just terrible. It's terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. To you know, a world class band like that kicking out shit like they did for that soundtrack. I know, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people like it, um, love it actually, but I I really don't like it. And I love Queen. It's just that that record sucks. I would rather listen to mm-hmm. Hot Space than the Flash soundtrack, and that's saying a lot because mm-hmm. Hot, Hot Space is garbage. It's a mess. It is. Have you ever heard it? Yes. For real? You're just not shitting me. I'm not shooting you, dude. No, it's all good, dude. Okay, but you never heard of "Moby Dick" by Zeppelin, no, dude. I don't. Queen, I'm down
0: with. Zeppelin, I'm not down with. Never been down with it. Why though? <laughs> Why though?
1: Huh.
0: I don't know. I just never liked Zeppelin. I, I never thought too much. Power made good music. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, to- I respect their position. I'm not going to suggest they're not one of the all-time great rock bands. I mean, obviously their their position deserves that credence, but it's never been something I've enjoyed listening to.
1: Okay, that's semi. I mean, listen, I, I got to be fair, right? Semi fair, yeah. But you will hear Moby Dick next week. I got to make myself a note that that's going to be our intro song, just for you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Bye, people. <laughs>
2: Please.
1: Flood Jason with Zeppelin MP3s. Flood him. Flood him.
0: Yeah, because uh, it's so hard to find Zeppelin music if I wanted to. <laughs> 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 oh,
2: so difficult. <laughs>
0: but, but for only if I had access, I'd be more
1: of a Zeppelin fan. Yes, it's true.
0: I mean, I like him better than the Insane
1: Clown Posse. Wow, well, oh, well, that's. Yes, I won't even why. dispute that. Come on. I like him better than The Who. Dick. No. <laughs> no. That's wrong. Uh, see now, now you've that's just, just like dick. No, that's wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: I like him a lot better than Iron Maiden.
2: And we're done. <laughs> I don't know what I, mean, really, I
0: would. I could. I honestly couldn't name one one Iron Maiden song. I have no idea.
1: David. Um, I don't think if
0: you, I, I don't. If you played me ten songs, ten heavy metal <laughs> songs, and said which ones were the Iron Maiden songs, I, I
1: <laughs> doubt I could tell you. Regardless of our love for Iron Maiden, Zeppelin versus Maiden. Well, come on. There's I mean, really only great. one choice
2: there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Come on. Come on. Uh, love you. Give you a big hug. But. You'd be talking crazy Bill if right. you said Maiden. Yes, because you've never spoken crazy. No. This no. Is the guy who Zappa is the goat. <laughs> High exalted <laughs> mystic ruler of everyone. Yeah, that's right. Let's go. Let's, we're done. R. Kelly for the win. MC Coke Man forever. God, MC Coke Man, you're so racist. <laughs> how does it have to be? With, how is that racist? I don't even know. Throws who just... some MC and applies
0: cocaine. But Coke you... La Rock. <laughs> Partner of DJ Cool Herc. Okay, that makes it better. Dude, you, you don't. You gotta know who DJ Cool Herc is. Please tell uh, me you do.
1: Okay. I. This is literally the first time I have heard those words together. DJ, <laughs> I mean, Co- Herc, yeah. and I don't know who you're talking about.
0: Dude, it, which, you know what? This shows that you have never read a page of Hip Hop Family Tree.
1: I have read it. The first, the whole first thing. Then you fucking know who Cool Herc is. No, I, I, I don't. I just, it's not clicking. Dude, it's part, it's, 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 it's the, again, it's, if you read Hip Hop Family Tree, it's there. It's there. I don't understand. It's right. there. Well, no. Okay. Dude maybe, dude, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Kirk, <laughs> Africa Bambada. Ah, him I know. And Grandmaster Flash. Bingo. Did a or nice little the duet. With trio the that started hip hop. Okay. Yeah, educate yourself. We're going. I
0: don't know what's worse. Your wife not knowing about the Muslim ban, or you not knowing who her kid is? Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think oh, the Muslim
1: ban saying. is worse. I'm not sure. I'd, yeah, I am. <laughs> but. Time to go. Bunch of savages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> e- eating our own <laughs> shit. Oh, <laughs> you know. <it> right, <laughs> horrible. Every corner has filth in this house. For oh, God. Say goodbye, please.
2: Bye, please. Yeah. Yeah.